Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special announcement tonight. The Trail Show has been downloaded over one million times. What? Head exploding emoji. One million times. It only took us seven years, but we did it. You know what? I I think uh, I think we're gonna hit the next million in like six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> You're tuned to the Trail Show. Get on the trail. Long time listener, first time caller. Arriba, 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 tota. It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Yeah. All right. Back again. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show, and we are broadcasting live from our Chafee County telecasting complex, ladies and gents. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over one million times. One million. One million. In 150-plus countries across the globe, we are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on the Apple Podcasts app, Stitcher, Google Play, and at thetrailshow.com. Even in Cuba. Hey, just to put that million in context, if each show, say, two hours average, then you all have listened for 228 years. (laughs) That's some dedication. That is dedication. Thank you. Wow. For wasting all those life hours with us. We appreciate it. So many. (laughs) <laughs> All right, P.O.D., what's on the show tonight? Well, we're in the uh, the bedroom recording studio, so you never know what's going to happen. Ooh, really. Oh. I know. It's, you got a it's view hot. It's, there's no AC. It's warm in <laughs> here. Right. Fortunately, there's only four of us, so it's not as bad. Um, we've got all of our typical items. We're missing Salty tonight. She is on the Continental Divide Trail. So Yeah, yeah Salty. Getting it done. So she'll be gone for a while. Um, we also are without Mike D'Lo. Di Lorenzo, something about there was an accident at Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had to mess with some. He's here. He's with us in spirit, though. That's right. And um, let's see, we've got we got our trail show hotline is blown up. It's blown Just, up. Uh, yeah, I'm Fire. pretty impressed. Just today, I mean, yes. wow. So we're going to be uh, sharing a lot of that with you, and you know, we've got our typical stuff, our trips, and our tips, and uh, we've got. Four through hikers hanging out in the other room, you know, just farting it up on our couch. Yep. It's a good time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's like it's like a real hiker vibe in here tonight. It's going to be great. We might even have them come in for a second. Oh, we yeah. should. Be they can, they can yeah, tell that would us be cool. the horrors we can ask yeah. of the snow. <laughs> and we yeah. can ask oh, them yeah. if they ever listen to the trail show. Yes. Because right. I'm pretty sure none of them do. And now it's time for Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. Beauty, take it away. So, uh, Mike Dilo was not involved at all in the beer, as usual. <laughs> I got to thank Zool. Zool is the one that... that, that the transporter. She was the, trans- she was the mule. 
Jason DeCourcy decided to drive and took a circuitous route and drove through Colorado to drop us with a case of beer and from Matanuska Brewing Company. Yes, out of Palmer, Alaska. And and uh, we actually, little spoiler, we actually went and did trail work today. Mm-hmm. And we brought some cold beers to have right after. So we've actually been already been drinking these beers. And they're delicious. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So just now we opened the Wee Heavy Scotch Ale. Grab that menu, uh, Triple O. Somebody needs to read, you know, some, some beer. Here, well, pass I, it this I, way. I think that's the same. No, it's not the same thing on the can. I, I have know. the Wee Heavy Scotch Ale, which I'm generally not a big fan of the Scotch Ale. But this one is actually quite tasty. And you know what's interesting? This one is 7.4%. We drank another one today. It was 92 And they don't taste like that. No, uh-uh. that 9.2 is Yeah, they're real crisp easy. and clear. Oh, yeah. man. D-Lo would go crazy with this menu. So not only does it have ABV and IBUs, but it also has starting gravity and Plato's. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yes. And I'm drinking the grapefruit IPA. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with those I know. I know. It's well, a lot me... of math for a 9.2 beer. Yeah. The on. grapefruit says big floral and grapefruit aromas abound in this easy drinking balanced IPA. Unfiltered and juicy. Alcohol 6.4. BU's 55. Starting gravity 15.5. Plato's D-Lo. Yeah, and we'll be talking about Boom, more of these, but we bam. we have already had some of them. And one of our favorites from earlier today was the the backcountry blue. Oh, the backcountry blue is which is yeah. a blueberry ale. Here's what it I don't says. even believe that that has alcohol in it. So good. Backcountry blue boasts huge fruity aromas of blueberry, low bitterness, refreshing, smooth, and sweet. It was delicious. It tasted like juice. I felt like I was drinking out of a juice box. You know, we that that blueberry. IPA from Perrin was a favorite that of ours. That was blackberry. Or black, you're right. I haven't had blueberry before, but that one, that was fantastic. Had a really great color. Anyway, we drank some other ones too. The double citrus was amazing, but we'll, we'll yeah. keep checking in with yeah. them and talking about them. So thank you so much, um, Jason, for driving down from Alaska and scheduling it so you could intersect with Zool. Thank you, Zool, for making that happen. And she brought us the beer here to Salida. So... Thank you. It's an amazing selection. We're very excited. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. Thank you for that lovely introduction, D-Lo and Absentia. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're going to start with uh, a not-so-happy story. There was a recovery of a gentleman in Rocky Mountain National Park Three people uh, went missing. Well, three known people went missing last year up there. Uh, two others are still unrecovered, but uh, they did recently um, uh, recover the body of Ryan Albert, who was 30 years old from New Jersey, and he w- he was up there trying to climb Long's Peak. So um, unfortunate, but uh, at least they have resolved that. Um, our next news item is a little bit odd, uh, but I kind of like it. And it also involves Long's Peak. Uh, And it involves actually their toilets. Long's Peak, for those who don't know, is an extremely popular mountain. Lots and lots of people climb it uh, every year. Uh, And, of course, where people are, poop is. Uh, And so the park teamed up with uh, the Colorado Building Workshop um, out of CU Denver. And they created these these bathrooms that are like no roof and kind of have like a nice view um, but they're also enclosed with stone. Um, I'm not sure what the 
term for these is. I think it's ga- gabions or gambians or something like that. These have um, been getting some press. I saw this on the Yeah, so interweb. it's basically like these wire cages that you fill with stone. I'm sure people have probably seen it. People do fences with, with them. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so they built this and then um, created some system to like separate the urine from the feces so that it, hmm. not as much stuff has to be removed because they still do have to remove the... Uh, of course, the, the honey pots. Yeah, so the the llamas go up there and pack it out for <sighs> us. Um, God, they must hate us. They should. Um, <laughs> use a wag bag, people. Uh, but in any case, these do look like some pretty cool ones and they won an award. Uh, mm. The... Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. American Association of Architects um, gave them the uh, this award for projects under five thousand square feet category. So, pretty cool. You it, mean the toilet's that, not a five thousand square foot <laughs> toilet? No, no, that would be luxurious. Can you imagine an open air five thousand foot toilet in the middle of the? Rock yeah, I mountains? can. Every time I dig a a cat hole. <laughs> yeah. Right? Ooh. Mm, yeah. yeah. Not on longs. Not on longs. Never. Never on longs. Take a wag bag. Never I agree there. with you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, honestly, because uh, there's only, you know, I think they built a couple of them or whatever, but um, you never know when things are going to start moving around and you might need Especially to at relieve yourself. And just having a wag bag and knowing that if you need to, you can go duck behind that boulder over there and yep. take care of your business and be able to get it out of there safely and leave no trace of it's a good idea. Yep. Agreed. Wag bag. Um, I have a small piece just related to the Pacific Crest Trail, so I, I'm throwing it in here, but there's almost no information. Um, it was like Thursday, May 30th, the Riverside County Fire Department responded to an injured uh, hiker on the PCT in Whitewater, um, mm. and they airlifted them out and then got them to Whitewater where an ambulance met them. So, okay. Don't know what that's about, but Hope PCT. Whoever it is is doing yeah. well. Uh, I actually kind of brought this one up um, so as to mention the snowpack, uh, sort of a segue piece, if you will. I will. Um, the snowpack I- is pretty big, right? <laughs> like just everywhere. A, just a little bit. Here in in Colorado, the they're talking about like its impact on the 14er season. Um, so I, re- I was looking at this article about that. Uh, but they happen to talk about some percentages here, which I thought would be really fascinating for some of our listeners. Uh, the uh, the snowpack is 609% of normal as of June 5th uh, for Colorado at large. In the San Juan Mountains in particular, the snowpack is 1,314% of average. You hear that, Moon Kid? Take your time, man. 1,314%. <laughs> so, like, oh, get that in man. perspective just a That's little bit. Insane. You're talking about, like, order of magnitude, right? It's not like, oh, it's double what it usually is. That's that is a huge amount of snow, um, and, and I think part of the pro- part of the issue is that it's a thousand percent of snowpack right now. Not necessarily because we had more snow than we normally do, because I think we did have a little bit more snow, but because it kept snowing all the way into the end of May, and so that snow hasn't melted. Yes, you know what I'm saying. It's still there, people. It's crazy, and we have CDT hikers in our kitchen that can attest to such things they can barely walk yeah Yeah, they've got the hiker hobble just going over to get some food Mm. so um part of the reason that i that i wanted to actually talk about this one for a moment um is that you know the snow always gets a lot of talk but one of the reasons that snow becomes dangerous is the river crossings oh yeah right 
And we've been hanging out in Salida uh, the last hmm. couple of days and talking about the river and how high it is. And they canceled an event down there because of the river. Uh, you know, we're entering like a pretty significant amount of snow melt, both in Colorado, but also in parts of California and in other areas where hikers are getting out. So I guess I just want to say, like, be real careful with river crossings. Um, you know, do you need to cross it right there, right then? Can you find a safer place? Can you team up with other people? Make yeah. good calls. Unclip your backpack. All the stuff that I hope you know you know already. Like, really do be thinking about it and practicing it. Don't, don't be the person that gets yourself killed out there um, with these dangerous river crossings. Because they, they are going to be hairy this year for a lot of people. And I don't think there's any shame in people looking at some of those river crossings and it giving them severe pause and maybe making some of them go, you know what? I'm not going to cross this right here. I'm not going to do yeah. it. Not today. Not right now. Or, you know, not this. take the time, walk a mile upstream if you have to, to find the right, the right spot or, or go, you know, beyond where the river is, is all the, all the feeders to the river. So it's a little smaller. Um, and maybe yeah. camp overnight and try crossing in the morning. Typically yep. rivers are lower in the morning, but you know, even then it might be still be too much so you just gotta make a judgment call and hopefully the right one here's the actually an idea <laughs> i just had it but like uh um maybe take some water and splash it on your face in the back of your neck before you get into the water because if you do go in it'll be less shocking um that's something i do when i go kayaking so oh, huh. that's a great a little, little trail tip, tip. Yeah, a little trail trail tip. tip. i like uh, that because your body will sh- i mean because you're going to be dealing with snow melt so it's it's going to shock your face if it's not kind of prepped yeah it's a little cold or or like get your vessel your cooking vessel out and fill it with water and throw it on your hiking partner to help them yeah (laughs) highly recommended them yeah not be so shocked yeah yeah after that nothing will shock me i i yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) inflate your thermos in your backpack (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean you know there's a, there's a lot of information out there about how to cross streams safely. Uh, I'm just imploring all of you to really use your best judgment out there because it's it, it's shaping up to be a, a crazy season for the the river crossings. And I also would say that, as someone who's I've made some bad decisions and gotten lucky, uh, I will say that it's important to have a conversation with yourself and with any people you're hiking with about what what's worth it, you know. And I think even with the snowpack, you have to think about when you're hiking on snow, you're going to be going so much slower. And, and I think we have a tendency to overestimate what we can do. And then if you're post holing, forget about it. It's exhausting. It's yeah. slow. You're going to need more calories. You're going to need more time. So if you're anticipating some snow travel, pack some extra food, plan lower mileage, and also have that conversation with yourself that my life is more important than my pride. It's more important than the miles that I make. It's even more important than connecting footsteps. Yes. You know? So yeah. I'm going to make a good decision. And even if my hiking partners cross that stream and I don't think it's safe, then that's where we split. And what? the trail will always be there. So if you have to come back another day so that you can live another day, that's fine. The trail will be yeah. there when you come back. As a repeat offender, I can promise you. <laughs> one, more, one more river tip. Um, when you're going, especially if it's a, it's a crossing you're unsure about, look downstream. And know where you're going to go if you slip um, before you slip. Like, look and say, is is there an eddy or some place that I need to swim to? So as soon as you hit that water, 
you're you're going because as soon as you're in the water you, you don't have the time or the eyes to see where you're going so that's one last one last trail Great. tip for river that's crossing awesome so just rewind now and listen to that about four times all of that <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff <laughs> and and really listen um let's see a few last items um you know there's this interesting article in outside uh, about the gut hook app um says you know how the gut hook app revolution revolutionized through hiking did you all happen to read this i did uh, macgyver yeah. sent it to me i haven't seen it but no. i've heard no. of it okay so i think everybody's familiar with gut hook app um and you know they there's some some discussion in the article about uh, the things that make it good obviously it makes navigation easier so you know hopefully people aren't getting lost as much it, but it also talked about like, oh, well, it's uh, making people too reliant on, on the technology. And, yep. you know, if your phone dies or you lose your phone or it's damaged or whatever, you're kind of a creek. And so anyways, I thought it was an interesting article. I would encourage people if they haven't read it to, to sort of check it out. I, I guess my feeling on, on the whole thing is back in my day when I first hiked the, the Pacific Crest Trail, I used the Wilderness Press guidebook, right? And that thing had the yep. most crappy black and white little, you know. Yes, it did. Eight and a half, half of an eight and a half by 11 thing. And yes, we made it work, right? And the guys back in the 70s, they had even less, you know. They had stuff. like 7.5 minute quads that y- they just traced the PCT yeah. on. So I think that regardless of anything, you know, the technology for accessing the information that you need to navigate in the outdoors it is going to always be in flux. And I think it's important to be able to embrace the new stuff as well as use the stuff that the batteries can't die on, so to speak. So I'm always going to be a, a, a paper guy, but I think it's great that people can just bust out their phone and immediately be able to, to like make trail decisions, you know. So in any case, uh, if, for those who haven't read it, maybe check it out. Um, and something to think about, you know, sometimes... I think one of the things that they mentioned in there that I really liked was even if you're using the app, maybe sometimes put it away and just navigate like with, with the map. Old that, school, that you're baby. Hopefully carrying. Or use your map. Try to use your map many times a day and, and say, I need to make a decision right now. I'm going to look at my map and, oh, I think the correct decision is to go this way. And then look at your phone to verify. And if you got it wrong, stop for a second and figure out why. And I think that it can be really helpful in that way. And then I'm going to point out one more article, and then I'll have one more item uh, that we'll have to talk about because Disco requested it. Oh, oh. yeah. I know um, what it is. So there's an article uh, that was recently um, on the track uh, about volunteering for uh, the Triple Crown Trails this summer, um, and it had a lot of information about each of the trails and different organizations that are getting people out there to do that work. Uh, as well as specific events that are coming up um, that you might want to check out if you're interested in getting out and doing a little bit of trail work um, on some of the the big three this year. And then the final piece of trail news. Get ready. Are you sitting down? I like to think that the trail show journalism department has certain, you know, standards. 
Apparently we don't, because we're going to talk about uh, the fact that in Boulder, Colorado, there are people drinking urine and soaking their hands in it and stuff, and they're just hanging out in meetup groups in the library on random days. I thought this was a safe space. So, oh, man. Um, you just stepped oh, on triple your, I didn't see your name in the article. My goodness. So, uh, yeah. Did you see that cup of pee he's got right there? <laughs> There's a a meetup group um, in Boulder. They meet up about once, once a month, and they... Uh, they're a urine therapy group. Um, they <laughs> use their their <laughs> urine for various things like uh, I don't know uh, eczema or or some skin um, disorder for one fellow and other people reference like all sorts of benefits without really specifying how it has helped them, which is interesting. Where did they um, get their knowledge from? Oh, special? funny you should ask that. The group points to a book by Boulder resident Brother Sage as their proof. That's Dilo, right? <laughs> I think it, <laughs> that's AKA, probably is. AKA probably Mike is. DiLorenzo. That's probably yeah. why he couldn't be it's, here. He's, he's, he's probably writing the a second piss, book. A piss summit. <laughs> wow. Um, so, well, you know, so I, I will say it, it is a little kooky. It's bolder. I'm not surprised at the kook. There, there is like some history of people using urine. They used to use it to like whiten their teeth back in what? the old days. Is that true? Like that. Is that for real? Yeah, they did. I don't know. You're looking at me. I don't know. Oh I, my don't, gosh. I don't mouthwash um, with urine. Wh- and, <laughs> and who knows? Maybe soaking your hands in your own piss will solve your eczema. Maybe, maybe no, not. Special. But it just doesn't feel like one of those things you need to go hang out at the library. And, I'm know. really surprised that I'm, you brought that story into Trail News, to be honest with you. I don't really think it fits with the, the Trail yeah, Show. I thought, says like, I says the guy who told me that standards. he really <laughs> wanted me to get it into Trail News somehow, huh? Oh, uh-huh. man. I don't know uh-huh. what you're talking about. Well, you can edit it out if you like, sir. So <laughs> is that it for Trail News? Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all we've got. All right. <laughs> wow. He just ran out the door well, there to he drink goes. his own urine. Tonight we have oh, no, oh, no, no, no. That. <laughs> I don't know what that was. All right, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we've got a very special guest that you may or may not have heard of, but you will <laughs> after we get done talking to him. Okay, Chill Show will be back. I love that promo. I don't know. It might become a regular fixture on the show. Hey. Yay. So we've got a couple calls from the Trail Show Hotline, finally, and we're going to play one right now. This one's hot off the press. It will relate to the recent news story from Rocky Mountain. What's up, Trail Show? This is Lemuel. I wanted to relate a uh, cautionary tale about the consequences of a surface poo. My wife, Skunk Cabs, and I were peak bagging in the Adirondacks a couple years ago. And I was having a uh, gap khaki moment, if you will. We had to park the car off the side of the road quickly. I jumped over the guardrail into a large pile of garbage and did my business. Well, didn't really think to bury it. That would have serious consequences later. 
First off, I managed to slide down and step into my own and track that around on the beginning of our hike. Then the rest of the day consisted of um, bruised ribs, uh, getting stung by yellow jackets while being cliffed out, uh, becoming lost and having to bushwhack through the heavy Adirondack forest, and finally having basically to wade through a stream to get back to our campsite that night. Do not tempt the surface poo gods or things like that will happen to you. Hey, have a good day. Take care. Wow, that's right. a tough day on the trail. Yeah, not fun. Sounds pretty. <laughs> your hand Wag bag. Raise your hand if you have stepped in your own poo. There's wow. PODs raising oh, really? their hand. Oh, that's all. Yeah. Uh, the two of you. Fifty-fifty. Oh. Wow. I mean, just a little. <laughs> yeah, I was. For me, it was just a little too. Half yeah. of us are coordinated. Actually, I didn't step in my own poo. When the poo landed, the turd fell sideways onto my shoe. Oh, it sounds like you were surface pooping then. Yeah. It was an immediate situation. I dug a hole and buried it. In post? Post. <laughs> I edited it in post. <laughs> you edited that poo in post? Okay. So for this month's Trail of the Month, we have Dorian from France to talk to us about Kungsleden, which is the King's Trail, right? Exactly, it is. Okay, did I say the Kungsleden correctly? I, I don't know. I'm from France, <laughs> and this is a Swedish trail, so okay. you may have someone from Sweden for the proper accent. Okay. Kungsleden seems a bit right. Okay, very good. So what are the basics? Like, where does this trail start and finish, and how long is it? So for the first basic, you have to know that the entire trail is above Arctic Circle. Okay. Oh. Um... Lapland, right? Yeah, well, yes, it is. It okay. is in Lapland. But Lapland uh, is a group of multiple regions in, in Sweden. Yeah. And so I, I don't know exactly, but some people over there, they feel part of being some part of Lapland and are other part of Lapland. Mm-hmm. From, it, this is a cultural difference. But yes, it is the Lapland in general. But if you say that to like some very local people they will yeah. say yes but no and okay they f- they feel being part of a different region right and on the lapland so we spent some time in finland a couple summers ago and lapland also extends into sure. finland and probably into norway in norway yeah. So, yeah so it's just basically the kind of the northernmost part of those countries right exactly okay and that's Every- where this trail is right exactly okay and that that trail is running north to south and okay. most of the people will hike north to south. So about two-thirds of the hiker will hike southbound. Okay. Why? I mean, is it easier to do it one way or the other? The first part of the trail, which starts from the, the town, this, the location of Abisko is the most common part. So the first 100 kilometers. So exactly, this is something for you guys. The first 109 kilometers, which the translation in miles... It doesn't matter. You can just do kilometers. No, but that okay. is exactly for you. Yeah. The, for you. It is, yeah, for you. Okay. It is <laughs> why, how I can remember well your phone number, 109 kilometers, it's exactly 69 miles. Oh. Oh. Okay. Wait for the trail show hotline. And, and speaking of the trail show hotline, Triple O, uh, could you give out that phone number one more time because we need some more phone calls. We do. The the number is seven two zero eight nine three. 
two to six. Six. 109 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Two, two, six, nine is the last four digits. All right. So what about the first 109 kilometers? What? So it's the most famous one. It was the first one to be built and like equipped with huts. And okay. they started thinking about that trail in uh, the, the last part of the 19th century. And it was built during the beginning of the 20th century. Hmm. So speaking about trail, it's, it's kind of like it's an old trail. Like okay. They were they were thinking about that a long time ago, 150 years ago, pretty much now. Sure. Was, was the purpose of the trail originally just for recreation? Recreation. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And you, and you mentioned last night that there's an extensive hut system. Is that on the entire 440 kilometers of the trail, or is it just in certain parts? So, the f- the the beginning and the end are super well equipped with a hut every 13 to 14 miles and you always have like a, a shelter in the middle to be able to shelter at midday and have a lunch wow wow that's very civilized so yeah. in between the huts there's shelters you're you have yeah. a tiny shelter usually you're not able to stay in that emergency shelter for right. like an extended stay like a night but you can totally have a lunch and shelter from the weather huh what kind of trail is this triple o <laughs> i see we thought you hiked a little bit of this trail when you were in europe man i didn't know you had it this good yeah yeah well yeah actually the route that i took that you won uses the the very very first few miles of the kunzladen yep. like from abisco basically to the first hut i think hmm. more or less but you can definitely tell when you're on the kunzladen because it's such a well-maintained trail hmm. and then the second you leave it it's like back to a little bit more chaos can you tell us? I, I know you told us that it starts in, in Nabisco, but um, Nabisco. What's, what's the, uh, where does it end? It ends in Amavan. Okay. Hmm. And, and you've got multiple access to the trail instead, five access to the trail in the middle. And it's usually a good point where to resupply or right. where to exit the trail if you just want to section hike it. But most of the people are doing a week on the first leg or on the last leg which is the leg that is the most equipped with a hut right. system so a hut every 13 mile and a shelter in between the two huts what about the sections in between those those are more wild definitely are and there still huts or is it just n- not everywhere wild camping yeah it's wild camping most oh, of the time cool. yeah and the hut system well it, it is different from the u.s and it is different from maybe Europe mainland or the Alps, most of the mm, the huts in Sweden are not exactly what you can think about it. Is there is a caretaker in, in the hut, but that caretaker is here to make sure everyone is following the rules. Right. Okay. But no one is cooking for you. No one is doing the bed for you. Um but if you right. forgot like to wash your dishes, that guy is here to make sure like everyone will fit well together and hmm. yeah. And, and and not mess up the hut and dirty it up and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Interesting. It's, it's funny because you mentioned, you know, that person won't make the bed or do the dishes. Some of the mainland are the more what, like the the huts in the Swiss Alps, like yep. 
they have this full service option, right? Sure, they're more like hotel. Oh my god! Part of some of the <laughs> European, yeah. like me, are fighting that system. Okay. I think like having popping into a hut at like after like a full day mountaineering and having like a hot shower and like a five course meal and someone that helps you to do everything is even more assistance into the mountain. And sometimes you just want to go in the mountain and be more exposed and be yeah. more remote and self-reliant. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Huh. I have a question about, um, well, I was curious how much the huts cost. Mm. So this is the, This is the point. So every hut belongs to the same Swedish society club or it's hmm. it's called STF. I don't remember what it means, but it's a oh, Swedish yeah. name. And if you're in the northern part of the Kungsleden, it is so popular that the huts are more expensive than everywhere else in Sweden. Hmm. So the top of the Kungsleden for an accommodation, so a bunk you pay 600 uh, Swedish crowns, which basically I've, I've checked out the change today in dollars. It's about 9.5. So about, let's say $10. So it's about $60 for an accommodation per person. 60? $60. $60. US. Yeah. Six zero? Six zero. Oh, mm. oh that's my God. expensive, man. So it's not cheap. Yeah. yeah. Do you have to stay in those huts? So you don't, because in Sweden, you can camp, camp anywhere, everywhere. Right. Yeah, that's right. uh, I don't remember well, and I guess Swedish people wouldn't be agreeing about me, but I think you need to be at least 100 meters from a maintained land by someone. So like you can't camp in on someone's yard. No, no one lives up there. Well, <laughs> no, but like even even down south, you can camp everywhere, okay. even in a field. But the field have to to be not uh, utilized by someone for an agriculture purposes, okay. or you can't camp in someone's garden. Right. Or, right. But even if you're on private land, you can camp. Yeah. But you can camp just one night, and you have to leave. Okay. Okay, and that's the rule for the whole country. The whole country. Huh. So trespassing is not a concept there. Isn't mm. that? That's hard to imagine because in the U.S., as you've probably seen walking through New Mexico in the CDT, you see no trespassing signs everywhere. No trespassing. Violators will be shot. Sure. Violators will be prosecuted, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Survivors right? will be shot again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. We saw yeah. a sign like that in New Zealand, actually. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Did, on, did we? Yeah. I don't in Southern yeah. California and the PCT, I mean, yeah. Yeah. you Same don't thing. really want to escape the trail because the guy is, if you're in his land, he's allowed to shoot you without yelling at you before. Like, first thing that he can do is, like, just click. Hey, hey I'm looking at a, a couple of photos of the Kungsleden, and I'm seeing, I don't see any trees at all. Like, is this trail all tundra? There's no trees, or are there some trees here and there? So... Um, I'll, I'll just finish on the on the accommodation. Oh, sure, so you can be part of the STF club, and it will basically reduce about ten dollar a day to use the facilities. Okay. One more thing that it's so you can tent around the hut and use the, the hut as a facility, but it's for European is still, I will say, pretty expensive because it's about thirty dollars oh to God. camp just around, to camp there, just wow. to camp. 
where you can camp everywhere for free. Right. But you're going to be able to use the kitchen to have dinner inside, to use the drying room. Sometimes the huts are equipped with a hot tub or sauna. What? <laughs> of course, More often a sauna. There's a sauna. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it, it, they get the sauna work with like a firewood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can use that. And sometimes it's on top, sometimes it's not. Okay. Are the, are the huts the same price throughout the whole trail, even the ones in the middle? Um, so the huts at the top are like about 10 bucks more okay. in price. So, right. so if it's 60 to stay, the lower part of the trail is 50. But the, the northern huts, <laughs> the northern Kungsleden mm-hmm. huts. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I interrupted you. Please go ahead. You can wipe your glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the five or six hut that are the, the most northern on the Kungsleden are just more expensive and they help to finance the entire system. Ah. Okay. Everyone that works in the hut, they're all volunteers. Usually in Sweden, they're really nice people who are retired. They're super helpful. And even if the system looks very, very strict, because it's, it's, it's well-maintained in all Scandi country, you always have to play around the system. And I mean, if it's a nasty day, they won't kick you out because you don't pay. Like, for example, the day fee. If you want just a shelter and have a meal for lunch, you should pay 100 uh, crowns, which is about $10. Just wow. to enter the hut during the day if right. you're not a member. If you're a member of the club, you can enter any hut any time of the day for free. I mean, it's not unreasonable for them to charge because th- because there we have places that charge mm-hmm. day fee, yep. and there they have somebody they have to pay who's maintaining yeah. the hut. Yeah, I think the the um like the part that's difficult for Americans is that we're used to hiking and camping and not paying anything, but we're also used to not having facilities. So, right. like if you hike up in the whites, you yeah. got to pay to stay in those huts. Sure. So, right. And in this in this part of the world, these hut systems are are incredible. They can be really life saving. Sure, because you're above the, the Arctic Circle, so yeah. things can go pretty bad pretty quick. And I think they use it for winter travel too. So sure. um, they're essential. They're actually bringing pretty much all the food and the wood and everything in winter because traveling on snow it's a lot easier. easier. And, yeah, mm. and so they can carry big loads with like a snowmobile. Mm. instead of like using choppers right by the way it says the stf is the swedish tourism association but in swedish <laughs> read it read it yeah, yeah try it svenska turisforeningen yeah that sounds probably right yeah if you're swedish please call the trail show yeah. hotline and give yeah. us the correct pronunciation call the trail show hotline and let us know how to pronounce this. yeah and and can you give that number again triple o just in case they forgot. That number is seven two zero eight nine three two two six nine. You probably, if you're calling from Sweden, you're gonna have to figure out the the U.S. country code. They could probably, <laughs> they could probably use um, yeah, um, WhatsApp. It's just one. Mm-hmm. And do a voice call. Our country code is just one. Yeah. Yeah. Plus one. We're number one. We're number okay. Oh God! Who's plus two? Shall we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's number two? So can I ask you I'm about the out. the landscape? Are yeah. The problem is you shared the number one with Canada. That's oh okay. really? That's all right. I'll take that. That's all right. 
That's surprising, actually. But I don't know if Canadian want to take that with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All yeah. right. Is it, are there any trees on this trail? Yes, they are. Okay. Lot. So the first part is on the taiga, but after you enter in a forest, which usually a birch forest or aspen for here, sorry. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. Um, it could be very brushy, and the sections in the middle are not as maintained as the first leg would look like basically the AT, where you've got one pole every 20 yards. Right. Where after, sometimes you will need to use your maps. How do they mm. mark the trail? Is there a little... It's usually it's a pole, just okay. a pole. Like an orange pole? Yep. Just well, like... it's a wooden pole and then with a bit of painting on the top. Okay. And usually they try to pick a color because up there it's or gray, black, or white in winter. So they try right. to pick uh, to, to, to take a different color. So this... Wait, the poles are white in winter? No, no but like... Colors. That'd be bad. Uh, okay, it, it's okay. It's not a colorful place. Right, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying the poles were white in no. winter. I was like, that's no, a that bad work. idea. <laughs> that would be b real bad. Okay, continue. Sorry. Uh, so this information I have says that it's 440K long or about 270 miles. How long did it take you to walk from end to end? So we did a, a bit of a longer trip. It was about 550 kilometers because okay. you've got different options. And we went to sea lakes. We went to summits winter a bit in the Sarek National Park. By the way, that trail is going right by the Kebenikaise, um, which is the mm. tallest summit in in Sweden. And mm. most of the people, wow. they try to do them both in the same time. It doesn't look that high because Kebenikaise, uh, I think in meters is 2011, which in meters will be around ab above 6,000 feet. Yeah, okay. But from a from 3,000 feet, you enter in like high mountain. So yeah. there is only glaciers and rocks. Right. And so it's you need to be really well equipped as a mountaineer mm. with a proper mountaineering experience up there for sure. Okay. Um, that, that's for off. That's for for options that are off the main route. Exactly. Okay. And okay. most of the route is like below 3,000 feet. Yes, it is. Okay. And what about uh, again? Don't like let that elevation confuse right. you because when you're that far north, yeah, right, three thousand feet is high. I mean, yeah. it feels high. Mm -hmm. like, like well, said, six like, thousand, like, yeah, exactly. Six thousand feet would probably seem like the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's glaciers. You well, say glaciers from from thirty five hundred feet. You start seeing like permanent snow glaciers huh. and wow, and there is yeah. no vegetation anymore like okay. you're in rock Just rocks yeah. okay hmm. so it feels like here being around that what 1300 1200 yeah 12,000 12,000 yeah 13,000 yeah yeah, 13, yeah. yeah. What, what about mosquitoes talk to us about mosquitoes so our period the only period we could pick was early late june early july and well, we had a good taste of mosquitoes, but <laughs> to tell you the truth... They had a good taste of you. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I was expecting something really, really bad. Yeah. And I think it was not that bad, actually. It was extremely rainy period. Hmm. Um, so apparently that tuned the mosquitoes a little bit down, but it were, they were much better than anything I experienced in the States. I mean, Yosemite in July is way worse. Oh. 
Yeah. Okay. What is the standard hiking season for the Kungsleden? Standard hiking season. From what the website says, that their summer extends from like mid-June to end of August. But okay. usually people will hike between July and early September. Okay. Okay. And so you, you did a little bit longer total route. How long were you out there? Like three weeks? Uh, yeah. It was a, a trip three weeks in total from France to France. So with all the travel included, oh, with some days okay. of rest... Uh, a couple of days in Stockholm, and that sounds like a pretty nice vacation. It it is a very rolling trail. I mean, hmm. th- there is not a lot of altitude changes. Okay. So someone can, if 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 you're in shape, you can do big days. You don't need to carry a lot of food because one thing that we didn't talk about about those huts is they are pretty much all selling foods. Oh really? Yeah, and. It is so well organized that you can find the food stock online. So you can huh. know what wow. which stock they have That's crazy. before the trip. <laughs> and and now all the all the huts are equipped with like a credit card reader yeah. that works for G. So you can pay with your credit card even for like one dollar or just Whatever. a small amount. Yeah. So you don't have to carry much. And most of the Swedish people, they will use what they've got in the shelter to... And, and so they, they will use the store in the shelter and they cook themselves their food on the gas stove that the shelter provides. Hmm. So you mentioned 4G. Um, coming from France, did you have to get a different SIM card that worked in Sweden? No. Well, I, we didn't use ourselves in there. Oh, like okay they use like a, a 4g system just for the credit card reader oh yeah okay so right you don't need it it's built into yeah. the hut yeah okay oh that's pretty cool i think it's a satellite system sure uh, they call it 4g yeah what about the um, the water sources was it the I, I picture like the the brownish water with the tannins in it or was the was the water clear and, and so water sources for here where you've got so many people talking about Georgia, yeah, that will be a shock. So the tradition in Lapland is they've got that Lapland cup that I'm pretty sure every one of you have seen one one day. It used Let's to see. be made in made in wood with a small handle and hole. Oh but now yeah. they okay. do it in plastic like Willow do that, um, Light My Fire do it. It's just like it's called Swedish cup oh, or Lapland cup. Yeah. And and no one got a bottle. Everyone got a cup. And you when you're thirsty, you scoop. There is water everywhere. So you don't treat anything. You just You don't treat anything. But your feet yeah. will this remember sounds... that it's wet. Uh, okay. Huh. So you're okay. But I like the idea of it's pretty safe to drink the water. Just oh, super safe. You just scoop it. Yeah, I had the same experience. People, I, I treated my water just because it's habit. But yeah, yeah, everyone up there told me, why are you, they looked at you like you're crazy when you started to treat water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah, it's probably pretty good to drink everywhere. Because everyone do that. Except when you were walking behind the reindeer and it was like <laughs> going to the bathroom in the water as yeah, you were following then, it. You know, find a slightly different spot. but <laughs> so Or get extra nutrients, you know, whatever. You mentioned reindeer. Yeah. What kind of wildlife did you see on the trail? So reindeer and arctic fox mm-hmm. and Ooh. lemmings. But that's and lemmings. It. And lemmings. Okay. Huh. And since this trail's in Lapland, uh, did you see Santa Claus? 
No, I haven't. Ah. I'm sorry. But you know, Santa Claus is more is heating. It's heating during the summer and true yeah. and get really wide in winter. Yeah. Yeah. But we were summertime and it was daylight, a constant daylight. Right. So if we're talking about like how the trouble that people can encounter on the trail. So constant daylight could be one of those for some people oh, yeah. that yeah. Are, it's, it could be difficult to sleep. So the hot system provide like curtains and right. stuff around blackout. the window. Yeah, blackout. For us, it wasn't a problem. Really? When I hiked like 10 hours a day, just go to lay sleep. on my, on mm-hmm. my mattress and sleep. Or when we were in Finland in the summertime, little trail tip, if you're hiking in the Arctic Circle, yeah, you can... Uh, you buy a sleep mask a that's sleep mask. black, yeah. and they're pretty lightweight. Like it might add an ounce or two, yeah. maybe. But for us, it really helped us sleep in Finland in the middle of the summer because the the sun never actually went completely down. And I'm right. sure it's the it it sure exactly it's even so. worse in on the King's Trail yeah. because you're even further north in latitude. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It, when you're lower in altitude, sometimes you have a constant daylight, but not a constant sun which right. I experienced right. in Iceland, but there it was a constant sun. So I was able well. to charge my battery with my solar panel <laughs> <laughs> while you're sleeping. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, here's here's uh, another here's a version of that trail tip, which oh. is walk it walk during the the not night but the sort of night because then it's like a constant sunset even yeah. though it's not ah. actually setting. But for hours and hours you'll have the sun like kind of lower mm. on the horizon and you get all the colors. Ooh. It's it's wow. it can be gorgeous. Like you just have colors for hours. But it's cold. Yeah, it is cold. Okay, <laughs> I was cold. gonna ask. The temperatures have to fluctuate between day and night, even if the sun doesn't set, right? So yes, it, does. it has to get a little chilly in the evening, I would does it get below freezing? Well, it was raining so much yeah. that it never went below freezing or it just one time. Um, okay. Yes it, yes, it does in general. And especially when you're going far away from the equinox. So like most of the people will ask, will, will hike uh, end of August, early September, where it is more, it is more cold, definitely. Where we were there for like june the 21st so we had like the sun was like very bright okay and to, to add to piggyback on what he just said is expect rain the, the, you will get rained on usually these are pretty rainy areas yeah and yeah for us the experience was like a lot a lot of rain like three out of every four days or was it that much well, rain it was the first time in my life, I experienced, for example, having four days of solid rain, not yeah. even one second of break, oh. like just pouring. <sighs> well, it's not pouring, actually. Like, it's a mix between rainy and misty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like for, Drizzle. Yeah. yeah, 96 hours <laughs> straight. Wow. <laughs> but when it breaks, it's so nice. Yeah. And so yeah. part of those extra miles that we've done is like I was able to spot on the map some shelters so it could be like hunting cabins or ah, and, okay. and so we detoured sometime a long time just to have a rest and so you can build a fire dry out yourself and mm. and be nice with the shelter because those hunters usually it's private property but they let it open because the it, it is so remote and the the place that that place could be so dangerous that yeah. everyone let his face open with the fire already 
already set up you just right. have to like crack Light a match it. yeah wow. and and it's done and when you leave you clean everything you redo the fire make sure the wood is you split the wood hmm. so if someone in danger come after you can just lit the fire and be safe wow that's wow. really cool that's yeah. a great idea because we have you know head systems here and especially in colorado but you show up if you're in a in a bad way you show up and like you're gonna have to get the wood from outside and bring it inside and get some water yeah. and i mean yeah it's not gonna yeah. be ready to go right um I want to touch real quick again on the resupply situation. So like you're hiking the CDT right now and to resupply, you just do it in the next town. Are there any towns along the Kings trail or is it all resupplying from the huts? So we, most of the people will use the hut system because very okay. convenient for like basic, um, stuff like, like Swedish bread, the, the Vasa or Wasa. I don't know yeah. how to say it. Yeah. Uh -huh. So they sell that and, and there's no point to carry that. You're going to pay like maybe 30% more expensive, but instead of like paying $2, you're going to pay them like $2.50. You don't really want to carry your bread for 15 days. Especially if it's yeah. raining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like 50 cents. But sometimes like if you like a specific chocolate or um, mm -hmm. a pastry or a cheese or those, they they will stock only long conservation product, so hmm. you better bring it in. Okay. But so, there, is, okay. there is towns in the middle where you're, or you can go by a little detour or the trail is going straight into town. So it's called Nikta Lukta, Sakto Lukta, Quick Yak, which <laughs> if you look online, I think it's one of the only word I know is like five Ks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? I've got a list of... Oh, yeah, I see it. It's K-V-I-K-K-J-O-K-K. -K -K. Yeah. Quick yuck. <laughs> quick yuck. <laughs> I learned like a quick, Swedish... Like fast in English. Yeah, okay. That's how I remember. Quick yuck. Then you've got Amarnas, and Amarnas, that's a real yeah. town. You've got a little grocery store. Um, hmm. In the rest, you you have convenience store. But Amarnas, there you have like a proper, a proper store. By the way, Amarnas is one of the main destination in Europe for fly fishers. Oh, so oh, okay. Interesting. It's the there I think it's one of the only river in in Sweden where you're not allowed to take a fish. So the entire river is no kill. Or you've got a section uh -huh. of the catch river. And yeah, catch and release. Okay. Um I fish the entire Kungsleden for food purposes only. Huh. It, were you successful? super successful really? one of the s most successful fishing i ever done in my life so you ate a lot of fish then while yeah. you were hiking yeah well we tried to be self-sufficient but we didn't want to carry a lot of weight yeah. i care a lot about my back weight in general so i i bet on should i carry a flying uh, a fishing rod and not taking as much protein mm. and yeah it works pretty well wow and how did you prepare the fish? What was your standard method? It depends about the weather. Okay. You can build a fire. I think there is nothing that beats a good fish on a fire on a stick. Ah, just put it on a stick and like turn yeah, it. And that is fantastic. Wow. Huh. huh. And how long does it take to cook if you're doing it that way? It depends the size. Okay. Right. But on average, what would you on say? About 15 minutes. Okay. Oh, that's cool. It could be 10. Yeah. Like birch wood burn really hot so uh, okay so and really fast usually you cook it faster 
hmm. by the way, this is not about Kungsleden, but like my trek, if I have to give someone to the, the hiking communities, always carry a lemon because a lemon is the best way to treat your blisters. So when a blister pop out, just put some lemon on oh, it. Oh, that, that it wow. is super painful, but yeah. <laughs> after 10 minutes, it will dry it out and your blister will be absolutely fantastic. Really? Wait, yeah. So you always I'm carry fresh lemon? A fresh lemon. Always. <laughs> well, pretty much always. Like wow. That, that's awesome. In, I've never heard that. In the never desert, when you drink about Cater's froth, right. like, you can filter your water, but a sire doesn't make your water tasting great. Like and lemon. Oh. Just right. Two drops of lemon change everything. It's very fancy. True. And if you, if you fish something, you just could two lemon slices make sure it's not the same size the, the same side as you put on your feet the last or, night or not <laughs> doesn't i mean it's, yeah. it's gonna get cooked so who cares you yeah. stuck it in the lemon and just cook it and lemon is absolutely a beauty huh. trail and tip trail tip yeah lots of trail tips usually wow. when i use the the inside of the lemon then you've got just the zest on the outside right. and you can zest it in oh. any wrap for example like you put like you do a tuna wrap just zest mm. the outside of the lemon so wow. yeah lemon is not this is all heavy. very gourmet mm -hmm. what you're talking about <laughs> i like it well except the feet part of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're the gonna hate gourmet me feet the, <laughs> the first time you're gonna try it on your feet or any blister it hurts bad there was a famous civil war general in the united states um stonewall jackson who used to no matter where he went he would have a box of lemons with him but he liked to chew on them yeah Ooh. me too and it's That's so acidic and sour. Probably not like good I, for your teeth, though. Not. Yeah, I don't. Not he constantly. Yeah. He probably didn't know or didn't care, but right. yeah, he would like suck on them and chew on them. Wow. While he was in the battlefield. Man. I don't know. I, <laughs> I picture I picture Dorian walking along the the Kung's lead and just chewing on lemons, like eh. like eating it like, like a, a fish <laughs> in one hand. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I like when you use the inside of the lemon, just chewing the the um, the outside, the the shell of the lemon. The rind. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, rind. the rind. Yeah. Like as a gum, kind of. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's hardcore. Uh, I, I, if someone want to follow the example, the the trick for the blister came from the organization of the Marathon des Sables. You know, it's that long race that happened in the Sahara Desert for uh, a week. Oh, there. yes. Yeah. And they've got tremendous problems of blisters because it's sandy and it's all people, Hot. all rich people coming from like Western countries, not used to being in the right. Sahara Desert. So they've got huge blister problem. And the... the, the the food doctors, the pediatrist that works with them and the actual doctors, they just figure out that lemon was the best thing to treat, huh. to heal the blister fast. Mm -hmm. So now they're traveling with like a bunch of lemon. <laughs> Usually they use organic lemon, but Good. you do what you want. Huh. <laughs> Is there a website you'd recommend if people want to get more information about the... Sure, the SDF website. Okay. But just to finish, because this is one specificity of the Kungsleden. The Kungsleden, you have to go across lakes. Hmm. You've got, so let me check that. You've got seven lakes that you need to oh. go across. And this is one of the tricky parts. So the trail is, is easy. You've got no orientation problem. You can hike fast. But this is the real problem. Hmm. So you've got in what they call the, the three-boat system. So they're rowing boats. You've got three of them on the lake. So two are on one side. One 
it's on the other side. So if you arrived on the side where it's two boats, you take a boat, you go across, and you're mm -hmm. good to go. And that's fantastic. If you arrived on the side where it's only one boat, you need to row across the lake, tie another boat to your own boat, bring, bring it, it back. back. Wow. So everyone can go across and then go back another time. Wow. So yeah. now let's take that in, in, in perspective. The longest lake you had to go across is four miles oh my god so if you do that three times that's pretty much a day rowing wow. oh yeah <laughs> do not expect having race boat i mean it's rugged boats that are there right. in winter and did this happen to you yes <laughs> <laughs> on the longest lake uh on the second longest which uh. is about three miles something so wow. how long did it take to do all this boat stuff? Well, I'm a hiker more than a rower. So but okay. I, that day we've been super lucky because we were with two Americans that decided to go first. We camped that night and we were waiting where, oh, maybe some two peoples are coming the other side. And so we'll yeah. have two boats and, and, and nothing happened. So we had to row across, which was a oh. good two solid hours in a really bad weather it was oh. windy kind of wind and, and a guy and a girl came the other side and the girl was like six foot one at least and like a big pair of shoulder and and she was like oh i'm gonna take the boat and so she sat in the boat take the two row and the guys sit at the back of the boat and do nothing. Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's weird. And in fact, she was from Estonia and compete in the Olympics <laughs> as a rider. Wow. <laughs> no wonder he was hiking the trail with her. <laughs> that's he awesome. He planned this. He was like, she's going to row all the lakes. It's fine. <laughs> so after we met them again, and so I told them about the, the trail name that it's very famous in the States, and he called her Mother's. Like engine mutter. Like the tough mutter? Yeah. Oh. Ah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. She sounds like it. So you've got <laughs> seven lakes to go across. Wow. Five are equipped with rowing boats. The two the two that are not equipped with rowing boats, it's basically flowing water and you need to pay someone to bring you across. Uh, okay. With like an how'd you call that in English? Just a like a motorboat? A motorboat. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to row, you can pay someone on six out of the seven lakes. Oh, hmm. it is usually around 300. So let's say $30 each way per person. Okay. I'd rather row. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet it, it gets tiring after yeah, a while, and, now, right? Yeah. And if you have a three or four mile stretch of water, if it's a windy day, that can be a oh. pretty nasty, you know, True. you can have good, condi bad conditions out well, there. Well, actually, on waves. one, we decided to start because we had no experience about rowing. And after 100 yards, I just turned around. Yeah. Wow. Well, the waves were about three feet deep on the oh lake oh my god and like on the little barge i was like yeah you know yeah uh, it's gonna turn into a swim so what happened <laughs> yeah. you turned around and then, and then i what? i just waited until the the guy with the the motorboat came back uh, and he gave <laughs> us a ride so cool. we paid for a ride yeah uh, it was I mean, worth it, was it yeah much safer yeah for sure wow much much safer and the only one you can pay it's not long it's like 900 feet long mm. so okay. okay everyone can do it yeah yeah and I think it's part of the experience on the Kungsleden. 
Yeah. It used to be like that. Motor road were not a thing. So if you do and hike the Kungsled and at least row a couple lakes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That sounds really neat. Uh, do you have a online journal or do you use Instagram? Do you have photos of I your trip? I do use Instagram and I go by Dodo Light, D-O-D-O underscore light as lightweight. Mm. I pick Dodo Light. Uh, I know you are big around beers, but I'm lightweight. So that's why Dodo Light. <laughs> I can't <laughs> drink and bike. And do you, do you have photos from the Kungsleiden? From the Kungsleiden, I don't oh. on that. Uh, the, the, and I've got a YouTube channel, oh. exactly the same Dodo Light. Yeah. But at, mm, it's mostly uh, videos from my current CDT hikes. And you're okay. skiing the CDT right now, correct? Yes. Yeah. I try to at least. <laughs> <laughs> when oh, there is not yeah. like too when it's not too avalanche or too stormy or yeah. Oh my gosh. It's that been a very unsettled May in Colorado. So stormy. Yeah. So yeah. Yes it is. Mm. I'm in contact with the, the, the snow report guy in Colorado and apparently we didn't have a situation like that since seventy two. Wow. Wow. And last year at this time, it'd be completely dry if yeah. if you were here a year ago. Skiing on dust. Yeah. Dorian, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us yeah. about Kungsleden. It sounds like a really neat trail. It was fantastic. I loved it. And in general, I love all the, the Scandinavia area or like everything up high. But like that trail really inspired me to hike other places. It mm. is mostly a flat trail. You're going to go through Sarek National Park, which has higher summits. But if you go just across the border, the other side to Norway, you'll you'll face like tremendous peaks and cliffs. And huh. and it's amazing to hike there again. Wow. It is a long way to travel from the States. But actually, there is an island right in the middle between Europe and the U.S. that's called Iceland. And yeah. there it is a fantastic place to hike. I've been hiking there last year and it was fantastic also. Oh, cool. I, I have a quick question before we wrap this up. Is there a season in which you could visit where the mosquitoes are gone? September. Okay. End of August, still September. Still hiking, still hikeable. Yeah, it's still hikeable. Make sure the boats or the the motor boats are still running because I think depending of the season after like September 15, September 10, they do close. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about it. I hiked it too early for that. Right. And it, it's not bad to get to from the U.S. You can fly like right into Stockholm and take an overnight train to Abisko and you can be there. I think oh. it's pronounced yeah. Nabisco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <d> <laughs> overnight train. So it's 19 hours, yeah. I think. It's, it's 19 hours from Stockholm to Abisko yeah, on the train. Sweden and Norway and Finland are not, not small countries. Yeah. The train must be going <laughs> 10 miles per hour. Like, uh, how is this possible? It's 19 hours. <laughs> Disco is... It's a long country. You, look at him. I know. Look at him. <laughs> can you take a short flight, maybe? You could take a flight. But yeah, an overnight could. train lets you just think about what you're going No, on. I don't... At that point, I just want to start hiking. I think like, it sounds fun. We don't I do really trains a lot in the U.S. I so like I think train. that'd be kind of cool. Nineteen hour yeah. train, right? Yeah, Come on. you you get a. It's not like you're in a seat for nineteen hours. You get a room. Yeah. And you have your own. Oh, private like a little sleeper bed. car. Yeah, yes. like a sleeper car. Yeah. This goes imagining nineteen hours on like a plane seat. Yeah, like no, 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 like an airplane. No, no, no. You get a sleeper car and you Sitting wake there up dying in Abisko and huh. start hiking. You get your sounds your great. Nabisco or you cookies can, and your crackers. You have a local airport that's not so far. That's called Kiruna. Okay. And we did flew direct from. Um, Stockholm to Kiruna. How long is that flight? 
I think it's a bit less than two hours. Boom, done. That's <laughs> that's what we're doing. When you're coming back from Amarnas, there is a very small airport that and was kind of small planes, just you know, just like a hundred cool. Yeah, we call the uh, turbo props. Yeah, yeah, turbo props. Yeah. So you're about twenty people inside. It is super. They're super friendly in the oh, okay. airport because they know everyone. Yeah. Right. I remember when I got there, like the the guy in charge of security just point me and say, Dorian. And I was like, yes, <laughs> what's the problem? And he was like, oh, you're just the only guy I don't know on the list. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know everyone. Wow. That's okay. great. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. And the, the flight back to Stockholm was amazing because you don't fly high because right. they need to see so mm. they fly like just below the clouds uh -huh. and Ooh. that was like mm. a two mm. and a half hours flight and it was absolutely gorgeous. See, mm. the flying is much better than the train. No, I, I guess the train is really <laughs> no, good. No, 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 no. I don't think so. No. You can do both. You can take the plane there and the train back. Or yeah, you can mix it up. All right. Well, Dorian, thank you so much for talking to us about the trail and good luck on the rest of your CDT hike. Thank you. Good okay. luck to you. And I discovered your show on a type three, tri type three fun day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this hear you laughing into my my headphones make me having a type one day. So oh, good, thank you good. so much about it. <laughs> That's good. what we like to hear. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Let's go to break. We'll come back with another trail show hotline. Don't go anywhere. and I never listen to the trail show. This segment is going to be sponsored by Sway Hammocks. Have you ever tried to go hammock camping and suffered from CBS? What is CBS? CBS is cold butt syndrome. Never fear, Sway is here. Sway's founder, Seth Hill, first suffered CBS when he took his hammock and a sleeping bag on a camping trip with some friends. Even in the middle of August in Tennessee, he got a frozen hiney. So Seth sat down and developed the Sway Ira pronounced Ira, a fully insulated hammock that encases you with 800 fill down to keep you warm. With Sway hammocks, you get it all, the insulated hammock, straps, and rain fly. Not only that, it saves you weight. Have you added up the weight of taking a sleeping bag pad in a tent? With Sway, all you have to carry is 3.5 pounds of pure awesomeness. Just think, why would you take a tent bag and a pad when you can Sway? Get your Sway Hammock today at SwayHammocks.com and enter code TRAIL, all caps, for 20% off your hammock today. Sway Hammocks, check them out. All right, we have another Trail Show hotliner. Yeah, this is a, a critical question. Uh, uh, hi, hi there, Trail Show. Uh, I, have a, I have a safety question. I've, I've never listened to your show before, but I was just, I was just wondering... If I, if I dried some real nice, some nice, some nice bear, 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 bear jerky... And I got that bear jerky and a bear, and I was and I was camping with it. See, and I took my bear jerky to to go camping with my family, and a bear bear ate that that bear jerky. Would that bear be a bear, be a cannibal? And if it's and if it's a cannibal bear, and then I heard that can, cannibal was was legalized in Colorado. So 
So if I'm if I'm there, I'm there with my family and I'm camping with my bird jerky. And a bird eats a bird jerky and that cannibal was was legalized. Is it legal for that bird to eat my bird jerky? And it just it seems like a real consternating safety concern. And I was just wondering if y'all could talk to us a little bit about about bird safety this summer and whether whether I could take my jerky and my kids. What if my kids are jerks? Oh, this could go on. I think it just seems real dangerous. Might might you keep my kids out of Colorado this summer. What do y'all opinion on that? Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I think you should take your kids to church for sure. First of all. Second well, of all I don't know about that. Second of all, the cannabis and the the bear jerky are two different items and I can see how you would confuse them, but trust me, it's two entirely different items. Now you can consume them both, but I I don't know. I don't what what do you guys think? I mean go for it. Go for it? I mean, you know. It all sounds legal in Colorado. Sure, yeah. Go for it. Live and let live unless you're trying to smoke a, a dead bear that maybe smoked some Cannibals? Cannibals. Cannibals? I don't... Can, can, I got bears. confused there. <laughs> I think she's trying to feed The bear, bear was bear. eating bear jerky. Yeah. So it is a cannibal. Yeah, it would be a cannibal bear. It was like an accidental cannibal. Oops. Cannibal. <laughs> cannibal. Sorry, I hate you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Keep those calls coming in. What, right. By the way, what's the phone number for the Trail Show Hotline? Seven... Two zero seven two zero eight nine three eight nine three two two six nine twenty two sixty nine so seven two zero eight nine three two two six nine and you too can ask us about bear can bear cannibal bears <laughs> or <laughs> I guess whatever yeah, yeah. whatever you, you want, want. Yeah. Yeah. You just want. tell us how your day is going anything you want. So for tonight's conservation interview segment, we've got Clay Jacobson from the Idaho Trails Association. Let's see if we can get him on the horn. What's up, Trail Show? What's up, Clay Jacobson? How you doing, man? How you doing, Disco? I'm doing good. Just happy to be here. Let me introduce Trail Show Nation to you. Although they should know you because you were on the show three years ago on episode 48 in May of 2016. Has it been that long? I know. It's hard to believe it's been three years. But you are Clay Jacobson, Idaho Trails Association Trails Program Director. Correct. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just rode my four-wheeler down to the gas station, got a six-pack of Dagger Falls IPA from Sockeye Brewery. Ooh. That sounds delicious. Well, you're stepping up your game. Normally, you drink crap beer. What, PBR? <laughs> I don't know. They don't have out those blue ribbons to just anyone, P.O.D. It's true. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Jacobson, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk to you this evening uh, to kind of get an update. We haven't talked to you in a while, and we've been talking to this other guy uh, from Montana, uh, Cliff Kipp. Cliff Kipp from the Montana Conservation yep. Corps. He's on all the yep, time yep. talking about his work, and we haven't given you a chance to kind of update us on what you've been doing since you <laughs> made the ICT great again and put it back on the map, and now you're working for ITA. So uh, talk sure. to us about what you're going to be doing this summer and what ITA does. Well, the Idaho Trails Association was a, a much different program than the Montana Conservation Corps. 
Uh, we're much smaller, kind of grassroots organization. We're just two employees. Um, we, our budget's like around $135,000 a year at this point. Um, but we're growing very quickly. There's a huge need for trail work to get done in Idaho. Um, we have about 10,000 miles of non-motorized trail, and we have kind of a low population for supporting those trails just through uh, volunteer work. Idaho's only about 1.6 million people, so and compared to something like Washington, where they have more people but less um, acres of like Forest Service land, Idaho it's about 12 acres per person. In Washington, it's like 1.3 acres per person. So the, the average public land owner in Idaho has a lot of responsibility as far as um, taking care of trails, keeping our access to public lands open. And so our group this year, we're doing about 45 projects across Idaho. Damn. We've been increasing our amount of projects about 20% per year. So last year we had 33, 2017 we had 21. And 2016, when I started, I think we had like 18 projects. So just three years later, we're doing 45 projects. That should equate to something like 150 miles of trail getting worked in Idaho this year. Because Idaho has so much wilderness and so few people, act, like getting back into these projects is sometimes the most difficult part. That's kind of what we focus on is our backcountry trails that don't really see a lot of attention from the Forest Service at this point. Um, so we've got projects where we're jet boating in, um, projects where we're flying in on little uh, backcountry planes. Um, then our normal horsebacking projects and backpacking style projects, um, things like that. So this you said we're also starting a youth program. Oh, really? So, so that's exciting. Taking uh, groups of kids from kind of the Wood River area, Sun Valley. Um, we're working with the I Have a Dream Foundation to work with um, kind of children of immigrants and disadvantaged children as far as uh, outdoor recreation opportunities. And then we'll be working with some more kids from the McCall area. Doing kind of a similar thing. That's so that's really exciting. That's pretty sweet. I feel like you guys are probably one of only or few organizations that's jet boating people in and flying people in to do trail work. That's pretty um, unique opportunity. Yeah, it really is, um, and it really is just kind of par for the course here in Idaho because there, I mean, there is a whole backcountry pilot. Um, community where they fly into these little airstrips they're grandfathered in the wilderness and uh, so we can kind of tap some of those groups the the backcountry ranches along the salmon river um, that you probably saw some of them when you were hiking the idaho centennial trail a lot of those places are service serviced by jet boats and like that's how they get their supplies and fuel and stuff into those places so the networks are already there in idaho so we just we get to tap those and use it as a way of convincing people to come out and do trail work that's great. Yeah, Naomi and I actually watched a plane land and a plane take off from our tent when we were hiking along the Salmon River, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, they're down in a 6,000-foot canyon, you know, taking 90-degree turns and landing at these little tiny airstrips. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I do that stuff every weekend. But um, I got a question about <laughs> those 45 projects. So you said you guys got 45 projects going on this year. Are they Are they kind of like... Uh, well, I guess they can't all be week-long projects. Otherwise, you, that's about a full year. So do they vary in, in like both you know length of the project and also the type of work? Uh, yeah, they do. Um, so we have um, one-day projects 
most of those are um, in northern Idaho, kind of around the Sandport, Sandpoint, uh, Coeur d'Alene area. Um, we got some, some weekend projects. And then kind of through the, the midsummer months, we kind of focus on our week-longs, but we have two or three of them going at a time. So um, my our director, Jeff, my boss, he'll lead some projects. I'll lead some projects. And then we have some kind of long-term volunteers that we've trained up to lead crews as well. Um, so there's a few crews out there that's just completely volunteer, which is, which is wow. a great way for us to grow. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate those volunteer crew leaders. Man, your boss, Jeff, mm-hmm. is a legend on the crosscut saw. He is. He is. I think we talked to him on a trail show many yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he just talked about saws the whole time. Yep. It sounds like something he's uh, pretty comfortable with talking about. Well, if you watch any of the old like uh, Forest Service training videos for crosscuts or uh, like sea falling with the crosscuts, he's in all those videos, and he spent his whole life kind of learning to um, refurbish and maintain the saws and learning their history. So he's the type of guy that can just you know we we get saws volunteered or donated to us by volunteers, and he'll take one look at it and be like. Well, this saw was sharpened by Warren Miller in you know, 1940 <laughs> in North Idaho. Like, wow. Pretty sick in the head. That's that's crazy. So off the top of your head, what's your most ambitious project this summer? Um, well, so we're trying new, something new with the fly-in project. Okay. And so one of the, one of those, um, they're flying us into Chamberlain Basin, which is another stop on the Idaho Centennial Trail. And then they, they kind of want us to just run and gun and, cut as fast as we can not really do a full retread or anything on the trail just cut it open yeah for about 20 miles that would be a huge improvement yeah it would we'll, we'll leave all the raspberry bushes and oh, all please. the wild rows and yeah things. yeah so, please so leave you can shred your legs when you're out there <laughs> but that'll be a, a 20 miles that they want us to try and cut open and then a 10 mile hike back out to the airport that we flew in from okay so that's going to be a, a big push across the wilderness how many people will be on that project? Those trips are limited to five just because of the size of the planes. Oh, yeah. sure. But if, if you know anyone that's a pilot that wants to go into the Frank Church, we'll take more people. Do we, you hear that, Buddy Sussums? Opportunity of a lifetime. Give Clay a call. I, I was just thinking that um, it'd be great to talk to you right now at the beginning of summer because I know you probably still have some rad projects that are open and have space and there's probably a lot of folks out there that had plans fall through or didn't quite make the plans they were they were hoping to make or partner bailed or something right. and they're thinking like what am I going to do now with my summer what can I do and I thought I, I mean I know because I've been on a couple of the projects um, especially the week-long ones how fun it can be and um, so I thought it'd be cool maybe for you to mention some of the ones that maybe still have openings sure. or if there's so many you know then just highlight a few well, for anyone in kind of the Spokane or North Idaho area, um, I'll be leading a project on Little Snowy Top. This is going to be kind of a five-day backpack type of trip where we're getting a trail ready. There's a, a fire lookout at the top that burned, and so there's just a bunch of uh, debris and stuff up there. So we're going to get the trail ready for the horse packers to go in and start packing that stuff out. It's like a really remote area kind of up on the Upper Priest River where the Idaho Centennial Trail ends on the Washington-Idaho border. So that, I'll be leading that trip, and it's, it's just a couple hours from Spokane, which is the biggest population center in that area. So anyone in that inner area that wants to come out and uh, do like a backpacking-style cross-cut saw adventure, 
Well, and there's an airport there, so you don't have to be from that area. You can fly in from anywhere. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's see. I think we, we still have some spots open on our um, horse packing trip in Sawtooth, mm. which that's, let's yeah. see, I should mention some dates. Little Snowy Top is July 13th to the 17th. And then Alice Lake, that's July 14th to the 20th. I won't be on that trip, um, but some of the most beautiful scenery in Idaho totally. on that loop. It's just absolutely beautiful. And we've been working that for like the last five or six years. So it's a big part of our season. That that one has uh, the horse horses pack, pack everything in, usually beer and wine, the cook, kind of the whole uh, volunteer experience in the backcountry. Oh. Um, anyone in kind of the Missoula area, Hamilton, kind of, um, that Idaho-Montana um, border, I'm leading a project on Vance Mountain in the Subway Wilderness. Um, that's July 21st to 27th. Um, I haven't actually been in this area yet. We did a project there last year or two, um, but there's a little forest service cabin out there. And from what I've heard, it's just like a a trail that just goes up 3,000 feet. So you get to hike that every day as you're cutting your way up to it, to the lake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough work and extremely remote, but, you know, with a good crew, you can make, have, have that be a lot of fun. So Totally. Type 2 or type 3 fun? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully type 2 Hopefully, fun. Or maybe type 1. Maybe like one, maybe 1. 1.5. Yeah. It's going to be type 2 going up and type 1 coming down. So, you know. Type 1.5. It averages out, yeah. Hmm. And then uh, I just got a grant from the National Wilderness Stewardship Alliance. Um, I do some nice. wilderness monitoring projects for the Forest Service. And we just use our cell phones to ground-proof trails and do uh, like campsite inventory, stuff like that. Yeah. So those are, those are just 50-mile backpacking trips where we're using our phones. Usually we'll carry like one silky or something so we can cut things out of the trail if we need to. But it's mostly about backpacking and teaching people those skills. And I got a grant to do, so I'll be doing two weeks in the Gospel Hump at the end of June, but I got a grant for four more um, in September and October. For the G-Hump? During, um, so two of them will be in the Frank Church, which might involve some jet boat or plane action. We'll see. Yeah. And then two of them are in the Seven Devils, kind of on Hell's Canyon. Okay. Um, we're still putting together the details for those, because those will be late season, but... Um, anyone that wants to come out and hike in Idaho's wilderness, it's a now, great opportunity. Do, do you want me to take an inventory up Windy Creek and send you some photos of that? If you remember to take photos while you're hiking Windy Creek, then <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see them. <laughs> Is there any hope that Windy Creek will see a crosscut saw in the next decade? Well, um, so this is actually so – I've been – also in ITA, I've been kind of working as the Idaho Centennial Trail Coordinator, trying to you know get more people hiking the trail, try and address some of the major trail issues. Um, but this year, we kind of ran up against a wall with the Forest Service. So the official ICT route was created in 1990, hasn't really been updated since. Kind of like your computer? You, exactly. My old MacBook. Wah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You don't have a sound effect for that, Disco? I'll, I'll insert one in and post. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, 
But so we tried to get a trail project on Windy Creek, which is part of the Idaho Centennial Trail, and it is some of the densest brush I've hiked through. The the trail is is there. It's very visible and easy to follow. It's just, like, totally closed in with alder. And uh, so we went to the Forest Service to see if we could work that section, and it's it's been taken off of their map. <laughs> so they, they wouldn't even let us go in there and do the trail work like they don't want it to be clear they want it to disappear whoa and th- there was two two projects that we got got turned down on this year for the idaho centennial trail so <laughs> wow are they both sections that so you, i'll be hiking this year uh yeah okay <laughs> so what's a i mean like what can you do with a trail like windy creek that the forest service wants to see goat disappear but that you know is part of the idaho centennial trail like what's the what's the resolution there what do you do well the resolution would be um kind of getting people back together around the original documents and having the conversation of you know what trails do they want it to be on um basically just the management of the idaho centennial trail hasn't been happening and the forest service has been doing you know their thing the state at the state level, Parks and Rec has been doing their thing, and nobody's really been there to speak up for the Idaho Centennial Trail and keep people on the same page. So it's it's just kind of a result of people being out of touch. And so you know, I think kind of the work that we're doing, uh, we had an Idaho Centennial Trail gathering, like first official gathering last October. Yeah. So we had a lot of, a lot of people get together and uh, had a lot of great ideas about moving forward with this thing. And there's been a, a change of um, the non-motorized, trail coordinator for Idaho State Parks and Rec. Um, and the new guy, Tom, he's coming from Idaho Conservation Corps, so he's real driven, uh, you know, volunteer-based, nonprofit-based trails guy. So I, I think that's a really good um, change for the Idaho Centennial Trail. It's one that could provide some leadership for you know, a hiker public that want to be involved. Yeah. That's awesome. When you guys have, if you guys have another ICT gathering this fall, let me know and we'll promote it on the show. Oh, that'd be great. We'd love to see you there too, Disco. Oh man, let POD hike it all without you. Where, where <laughs> is it in Boise? Where do you guys do do the gathering? Yeah, last year we did it in Boise. Okay, at the Foothills Learning Center. Ah, okay. Cool. We get as long as we get to drink some of that good Boise beer, I might be able to come oh, out. Yeah, and hang out in your parents' pool. <laughs> yeah you guys are welcome anytime okay well i want to point people that can't come out on your any of your work trips this year to idaho trails where they can become members yep they sure can they can read about all our projects um look at our you know some of our past accomplishments stuff like that or if they got questions or inquiries feel free to send us an email and I think you can reach that, me at Clay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can reach me at Clay at Idaho or Idaho Trails Association dot org. And you can also see a picture of Clay's mustache on that website. So that's kind of cool. Is there only one? I don't know. That's the one that we're looking at. And and I can just speak <laughs> from experience that I've been on two of these week long trips, and I plan to go on some more in the future. Um, and they are they're really hard work, but they're a lot of fun. Um, and you're going to learn some new skills. Like, I've learned so many skills. Disco can attest to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we just started our volunteer trail work season here in Colorado on our section of the Colorado Trail. And we had a big tree, biggest of the day, 
And a couple of us got there first, and I told everybody's like, take a seat, wait, we need to get POD <laughs> to give her input on okay. this because she's going to know exactly what to do. And and frankly, it's because of all the trips she's done with you in Idaho. Great. That's, that's <laughs> awesome to hear. Did you kill anyone, POD? Uh, no, I didn't kill anyone. Good. Nope. Great. No one got scraped, cut, bashed in the face. But we did the three Ds. Yes, debark, delim, destroy. Boom. <laughs> I like that. All right, Clay, is there anything else you want to get out there about Idaho Trails Association or your work with the ITA before we move on? Sure. Uh, well, you know, it's a really fun group. Um, I, all the people I work with are just, you know, backcountry badasses that I really respect and I think there's a lot for the true hiking community to learn from some of those folks that have been working trails and packing mules and, you know, really living the wilderness lifestyle their whole lives. Um, so that's, that's what I've really enjoyed about getting involved with ITA. Um, and I guess I think maybe end on a question for you, POD is why, why would someone from the trail show nation elsewhere in the country, why would they come to Idaho you know, if it was easier for them to go on a Washington Trails Association project or uh, something in Montana, why would they come to Idaho? I think the overall impact that you can have as an individual in Idaho is significantly greater than what you can have on any other state. Because in other states, most of the trail associations, volunteer projects are well-funded and well-staffed. In fact, we talked to somebody from Washington, and she said that Everything sells out like con- rock concert tickets um, for the trips. And I think going into the backcountry in Idaho, it's so remote. And the difference that you make is really huge because no one, if you don't go, no one else is going. And it's a part of the country that you probably wouldn't venture into for most people. And it's just really remote, and, and I think you get a unique relationship with wilderness areas specifically when you go to Idaho. Yeah, I would vouch for that, too. I, I did um, a one-week trip with you guys two summers ago out at Poet Creek, and I'll just say this. like If you're thinking about doing a work trip and you're thinking about Idaho, you will not regret it. It's incredible, and when you leave Idaho, you'll be counting down the days till you can get back. Agreed. I never leave. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great talking to you guys. You bet, man. We'll see you later this summer. All right. Keep up the good work. Okay. Ciao. Ciao. Jobless. Bye. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Clay. Big ups, Clay. should uh, Should we talk about trips? Let's do it. Let's talk about trips. And keep in mind, you could be going to uh, Idaho, do a trip of your own. That's right. Got to pay to play. That's right. Who's got a trip? Who's been on a trip? Anyone? Uh, I didn't do anything exciting, but I did go to Illinois for a day. Oh. A day. A day. I had to literally fly out, drive a couple of hours south of Chicago, and look at a fence, and then turn around and come back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of my story. I made all my flights, and it was, yeah. So It was a day. And then I was home. The end. Nice. Okay. I took a trip. Uh, we like a couple weeks ago. Me and my girlfriend came down here to Salida yes. to hang out. Yes. And we went to Great Sand Dunes National Park with Pod. And I can 
report to the Trail Show Nation that P.O.D. is now a junior ranger at oh. Great Sandy's National Park. It's quite an honor. Congratulations. I was there. I saw her take the oath. Yep. Um, it was just an incredible moment. We were all very proud of her. There, there were was tears. tears. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> her, you know, her family was sad they weren't there to see it. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. What about hiking the dunes? Yeah. The dunes were great too. <laughs> Did you guys see any Instagram we influencers? Saw a lot of Instagram people out there in all kinds of like outfits and poses and um, you w- know. What were some of the best poses you saw? There was like the kind of Mr. Olympia pose, uh-huh. and that like girl too was she was all trying to be all Jimmy, you know, like Jim G Y M dash Y, but like flexing, flexing oh, the muscles. God. There was people in bikinis with like flowing robes in the wind. So what? That, you know. I didn't Are see you that. serious? Yeah. It was at least you didn't see that. Well, what? maybe you weren't paying as much attention to people in bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in our What's going on in our national I parks? I did try to uh, intimidate the Instagrammers that we saw on top of yeah, the Yeah, he walked right next to them and sat down looking, just staring right at them. <laughs> and she was naked. <laughs> kind of uncomfortably for everyone involved, including us. Uh, but Wait, I appreciate who was it. naked? No, that no, was a no, joke. No, oh, okay. That was yeah. a... <laughs> Because, I mean, P.O.D. has nakedly reprimanded people (laughs) before, so I just... No, I'm not a big fan of getting naked up on the sand dunes. You get a lot of sand up in all the cracks and crevices. But the other trip that we have all did this this month is... Uh, Maybe Disco wants to talk about that. Okay. Well, no, I was going to talk about... Trail maintenance trip number one, which happened... Okay, go ahead. So I guess this is trail maintenance trip number two. Wait, so we're going to break chronology... Yes. Yeah, we believe the trail trail show nation is smart Dino's enough not to here understand. To yeah, we can do this. Um, okay. Yeah, so we all came down this weekend. To yeah, do trail that's maintenance. True. We worked on POD and Disco's section. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cleared probably thirty or forty trees. Yeah, at, at least. least. At uh, least. Maybe. Maybe I mean, like five or six. There were trees. No, no, no. Who's counting? You got to count all the saplings that we cut. Those oh, no, I mean, come on. Future trees. Future trees. If it wasn't, if we didn't have to get the silky out, it was not a tree. But if we're counting saplings, we're in the hundreds. If we're counting saplings, yeah. then it, yeah. I actually sure. ripped a tree out of I'll the concede. ground with my bare hands. Yeah. Okay, we all did that. <laughs> no, it was I a think fun Disco's day. actually was the biggest ripped out tree. You had that yeah. one that was kind of Excalibur-esque. Yeah. Oh, so damn. I think this was the first trail maintenance day for the two of you. Is that correct? Um, yeah. Yeah. And That's awesome. What did you think? Did you have a good time? Um, I don't know why people do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a good time. Yeah, we went out and and cut some stuff. I mean, like all of the the stuff that I've ever done before is like flicking things off the side of the trail and like right. occasionally dragging a larger tree off or whatever. So, right, going out with just the intent of doing trail work and that's like all you're there for. Yeah, that was pretty much the first. Did time. you enjoy the chocolate break? I did enjoy the chocolate. Yeah, break. it the was yeah. great. Break. And I Shout also out. enjoyed my my uh, my sandwich. Um, made by POD. Shout out to Washington Trails Association yeah. for the chocolate break idea. Yeah. yeah. It was great. You know, it, it really does make you feel like you have some some ownership some and skin state. in the game. Yeah. And I think it's important that if you can do it, you get out there and do something. It also gives you a good perspective when you're hiking on a trail and you come up to like a set of four tangled logs that have been cut. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that took hours. Yeah. You know? The yeah. best part was that 
two minutes into our trail maintenance day, we come up to the biggest yeah. <laughs> down tree that we will face all day. So yeah. like right out of the gate, we're working on like a 15 inch diameter lodgepole pine that had fallen across the trail. It's like, all right, here we go. Literally, Boom, if it had been, if it had been like a couple of inches bigger, we wouldn't have been able to yeah. do it with the with the saw quite like we yeah. did. And not like ten seconds before we saw it, I I do believe the disco was like, well, we might not see anything today. I know. That's <laughs> what I, I was thinking like and immediately turn the corner. And, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like boom, biggest boom, tree of the year. I've been on some trips. Um, Where'd you go? I've been hiking up. I've been doing some lake bagging. Oh, lake bagging season again. um, Yeah, went out with my friend Tom the other day, but then most of my hikes have been by myself. Um, Shout out Haddock. Thanks for going with me. Um, My favorite one was just yesterday. I went up to South Crestone Lake, and I had a magnificent day. I was by myself, and it was beautiful weather. And there were so many birds, and I saw tons of animals, and it just smelled just amazing the entire way. And there was just enough snow for it to be kind of fun. I did some shoe skiing and climbed up on a bunch of rocks above the lake. And I don't know. It was just a really magical day. It was wonderful. Did you do some rock stacking? I did not do any rock stacking. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. I will say that that trail needs a little bit of work. And I was thinking it'd be fun to go back out with the tools mm. hike to the top and then work downhill all those sangre's trails need I know. a little bit of work to a lot that of one's it got, although that one does need a cross cut so i don't know anyway it's been great yeah well i'll just Disco? throw in uh my trip so going back in time the first trail maintenance trip of the year happened two weekends ago and we conned some folks from my place of work and from your place of work pod to go with us and maintain the northern half of our segment. And we had 16 uh, trees across the trail through that segment, which we cleared out. So as of this moment, our section is tree-free, and that'll probably last about one day. Yep. There's always some more trees yeah. that come in. We'll, we'll go back out in the fall. Yep. But right Until now... Until then, you got to lift your bike over the trees. That's right. Well, it's clear at the moment. Right. So hopefully it stays that way for a little while. And it's also snow free. It is snow free, but not all so not it. all of the collegiate east is snow free. So yeah, all right, very good, good trips. All right, we had a missive from Moon Kid who is now in the United States of America. People, it's now officially right. the American hike because he's in America. He's America. <laughs> no, no, now it's gone from being the American hike to being the American hike. <laughs> he is on the CDT somewhere in New Mexico. Let's see what he says. Hey guys, this is Moonkid on the phone from the CDT from Doc Campbell's post, exactly for uh, the people who know about the, the CDT, which is a very, very nice place uh, along the Gila River. And um, so I've been on the CDT for, I don't know, oh, he's blowing up. I don't know exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't start from the actual terminus uh, on the Mexican border because I was coming from uh, El Paso. So I just uh, walked uh, along the road to Achita, exactly, and I took the trail there. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't start from the from the most southern point. So I'm not going to complete the whole trail anyway. I'm sorry about that. Because <laughs> he didn't but, start from. Um, yeah, actually, right. that has been very, very good. Even even dessert, even if I'm starting very late. 
um, there were a lot of uh, water caches thanks to the to the trail angels. I even met uh, one lady in uh, Lordsburg who let some uh, some water gallons along the trail. Not even not even on in a in a water cache, but just uh, on the side of a trail, and that was very very nice, very helpful. So um, I haven't suffered at all from uh, the lack of water. That was a very nice walk. I, I really enjoyed the desert. I even saw a, a rattlesnake. Even if actually that wasn't on the on the CDT, but just before a second day after El Paso. And yeah, the the road walk. Even if there there was a trail along the road, so that wasn't too bad for for this reason. But that was very difficult because there was absolutely no water. Um, on the contrary, of uh, on the on the actual trail. So I just uh, survived during two days, uh, just with the water that the the drivers uh, would would give me and. Um, yeah, I was feeling so so grateful to all those people helping me in uh, in that endeavor, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to be here in the USA. I feel a little bit more normal than uh, when I was in in Latin America, actually, because I am on the trail, uh, like all the other all the other hikers. So that's much easier for me even if it's not um, so adventurous than before, of course. But I, I really enjoy it, and uh, I'm getting back to the mountains. Uh, this stretch uh, of the trail is very interesting. Actually, it's not the official itinerary of the, of the CDT, but it's uh, uh, an alternate route that about 90% of the, of the hikers take because it's very, yeah, very rewarding. You just have to walk upstream along the Gila River and that's absolutely beautiful with the, um, what the name, the Dwellings uh, National Monument. So there is also a lot of history because um, there's big, um, how to say that, like Apaches who are living in that, in that area. But well, I guess you already know about this. You are well-experienced hikers about the USA. Gila Cliff <laughs> For me, that's completely new. I'm uh, completely discovering that new kind of wilderness. And uh, even if, of course, I'm um, I'm finding back some uh, yeah some ways to do like uh, what I was doing in in South America. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to have the big backpack. I have a brand new tent. That uh, six months design sent me for free. Yeah. So I think I have to to make some uh, good publicity for them. So I'm I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And some new shoes, and uh, I should get a new backpack from Osprey Pack. So I feel very very lucky. It's uh, like uh, Christmas time for me right now. And uh, yeah, so I hope I hope I'm going to enjoy the mountains coming in the northern part of New Mexico and uh, in Colorado. It should be, that should be alright for me about snow because that year it's, uh, there is a huge snowpack apparently compared to uh, what's, uh, what is normal in the, in the mountains in Colorado. <laughs> but I should, I should arrive very late so that should be good. I just met my first uh, hiker today. I uh, Wow. That that was very funny because I had not met anyone 
since the beginning of this adventure, just uh, one other hikers on the greater Patagonian Trail, so a long, long time ago, or just like tourists who, who would go hiking in the, in the mountains in Peru or whatever. But yeah, that was funny to meet an actual hiker and um, he told me that I was very lucky this year to start so late because even here actually it's not so bad, it's not so hot even in the desertic part of New Mexico and um, I'm just going to arrive on time in Colorado uh, with no snow left uh, I hope so, I hope so at least <laughs> so yeah, I feel, I feel just perfect and, uh, <laughs> and soon we will be able to, to record a, a live uh, update in the trail show uh, hopefully, so yeah, soon we'll see us in uh, in Colorado, and uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for being still uh, so interested in what I'm doing and what I'm doing, and uh, yeah, see you soon, Tracer Nation. Ciao, <laughs> enjoy the hike during the summertime. There he goes, That's ladies and gentlemen. Moon Kid, hike slow, dude. In uh, New Mexico, uh, yeah, it's funny. He said he started late this year. I would say he's about right on time. Yeah. It's going to be perfect. Totally. Yeah. Let's just get a little bit of snow in Colorado. Yeah, there'll still be snow. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Can we do trail tip? Wait, wait. We have an important phone call from the... Oh, let's listen. Okay. From, yeah. Trail show hotline. Trail show hotline. Hello. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the trail show staff vehicle. we're uh, getting <laughs> some spam now. We're getting some spam. All right. Didn't one of them have the trail tip? Yes. <laughs> All right, so we got we picked up a couple of a hiker trash here in town. Uh, there were reports that they were in our front yard today, trashing it up, watching, watching the parades. parades. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got Heatwave in the room. Heatwave's actually been to our house before when she hiked the Colorado Trail. Yeah. So before you tell us the and, trail tip, oh, sorry, go ahead. And she's. The most likely to be a murderer of this group of no, no I was no, no, no. most likely to be murdered. Oh, to be murdered. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> most My likely bad. to be murdered. So be excited that she's still yeah, alive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, before you tell us your trail trip, how's it going on the CDT? Oh, it's you know, if you really like snow, it's great. If you don't, like I don't, it's not so great. But it's beautiful. <laughs> right. Post if post holding up to your mid thigh is what you're into, I would highly recommend it. We heard stories of people that were getting up at like 3 a.m. just so they could hike on frozen snow and not post Yes. Mm -hmm. We were trying for like four. We're not real quick oh. at that. But even then, we were getting up at like four, trying to hit the trail before five, and we were still falling through. So oh. we got out of At 5 a.m., you're, you're post-holing? Yep. Ooh. Have you considered getting like a dog sled team? or? Actually, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I was, yeah. Well, we thought maybe a, uh, well, just using one of the other people, I thought maybe I could get one of those, uh, s the little sled things. Oh, the, like the yeah. discs. The like discs, a, yes. Yeah, using yeah, the discs yeah. and then taking some sort of metal rods and attaching it to someone else's backpack and then they haul you, but no one was really down for that. Yeah. Sadly. So talk to us about your trail tip. It's kind of snow related since you've been out there in the snow. Oh, totally. So if you're, you know, in true hiker trash form, uh, you got some duct tape or some athletic tape 
and you just uh, tape them to the sides of your sunglasses instead of, you know, spending loads on glacier glasses or just to look cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can block, <laughs> block out some of that reflective. So you've, you've, you've not just wrapped tape around the side. You've actually made like a fold so there's a tab hanging down. Oh, yeah. Total tab okay. life. And, and, uh, tab life. Hashtag tab, tab life. <laughs> tab life. That might mean something else. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you contour it just right, you can you know uh, get it stuck to the side uh, of the glasses. But oh, yeah, I kind of yeah. like the tab life, especially when it's really windy on the ridges. Like then it starts knocking you in the eye. It's really good for visibility. Yeah, mm. helpful. Just it makes wow. takes your focus off the post holing for now, a second. Yeah, right? totally. Totally. Now you said that you used uh, athletic tape or duct tape. Do you find that that you know there's one particular of those that actually works better for for the little flap oh, uh, for tab life? We uh, saw athletic tape. Athletic on. tape, I think, yeah. 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 I mean, it, less glare, I guess, maybe. You know, it doesn't huh, bounce okay. off the... <laughs> well, athletic tape's white, so there's better reflection off of going Besides away from that. your eyeballs, right? Yeah, okay. more camouflage. Yeah, I like it. Well, thank you very much for sharing that oh, hard trail-earned piece of wisdom yes. with the, uh, the dirtbag glacier oh, goggles. Right. all right we've got to take our last break when we come back we've got the rest of the show don't go anywhere gear more beer and we're back ladies and gentlemen we've got another call from the trail show hotline who is it triple o who is it oh this is a critical call uh here we go yeah this will be a pickup order um i'd like one salty sweet tater special with triple o sauce thank you oh what oh my what, <laughs> wow. what, with what kind of what sauce? just happened <laughs> oh lord Whew. let's play another we got more on the hotline let's play Hashtag another. tab life more things okay okay Lion, lion eye. Hold on, let, let me put on. Uh, do we have a reggae Wait, that's you. Uh, sound we can play here? All right, try it now. Lion. No, that really I feel like this is us. Lion. I don't this remember. It's like Trail this. Show Inception. Oh, there it is. Lion. <laughs> All right, say some reggae stuff like like you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was raw audio that was not on a previous trail show, but was recorded during a previous trail show back when Mags was on the show. No, I don't oh. think it... Are you sure? That Yeah, that was Mags. That was Mags for sure. And and that was... Into that was archive, like someone th- dug. That was something that was cut out of a show. That was me just trying to get D'Lo to say a bunch of his Rasta-isms 
that was that never went to air. So unless Mags or Dilo had their phone out and was recording that audio, I don't know where that came oh, from. Or someone else. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I've I'm the as far as I know, I'm the only one that has raw audio of all the shows. So it's got to be. It's got to be. But that D-Lo. audio quality was bad. So that that tells me that it was it came from a phone like a memo recording app on a Maybe phone. it was our guest that time. Could have been. The call oh. is coming from inside the house. But that that was from like year <laughs> 1. That was from like year 1 of the show. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That's, so I mean it, it's, that's it's weird. either the guest or maybe it came from the twilight zone. We have no what idea if, where yeah. that What if the call it came, came from, from inside the house? house. <laughs> I feel like I just said that joke. Uh, Did I you? just said that. We're gonna Sorry, have to rewind it. Rewind. It. Go, if he made, if he made that recognition, joke, then he's gonna. That then we, we need to edit out the second telling of the joke. No, 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 no. It's fine. No it's one. It's fine. Listens. He's from Florida. Oh gosh. Oh, oh. that's tough. That's tough. Pod. Oh man. Do we have a salty snack? No, we don't. Okay. Salty's gone. She's on the CDT. On the trail. Salt snacking on the CDT. She yes. didn't leave us like a, a supply of snacks to carry us through. Well, she left us a supply of snacks, but I'm supposed to mail them to her. So we probably Boo. shouldn't eat them. Uh, supposed to. I'll just flexible. sub out her Jake's Honest Sweet Potato Chips for a bag of Cheetos. It's probably a fair trade. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure she won't How notice. How much would we have to pay you, POD, to let us just switch everything in one resupply box? No, oh, I won't man. do it. Just like fifty dollars, dude. No. That that would be. <laughs> I won't do it. She would not be stoked on that. <laughs> What's she gonna do? Walk down here and do something about That's it? That's a good point. <laughs> Especially like if we send it to a town like Lettor, Idaho, where there's no options yeah. to buy legitimate food. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, let's talk about the beer. Let's do. Let's check in. So uh, we had the blueberry, which we had at the trailhead today. It's so good. It's still delicious. Oh my god, it's so good. What does it say? There, triple up. This is not the blueberry. This is the yeah, I think that one's the on magnitude the nine point yeah, two double go. citrus ale. It's twelve fluid ounces and nine point two percent alcohol by volume. Aromas of tangerine and grapefruit dominate this big, shaking, strong ale. I gotta read it slower. Well, how does Dilo? It's I don't know. I just get confused and read things. <laughs> uh, high That's alcohol works, provides yeah. a healthy aftershock, brewed and canned. In Mananuska Brewing Company, Palmer, Alaska. Can I talk about the Packraff Red IPA? Yeah, talk about it. It's ruby red in color. This IPA's big citrus hop aroma emanating from the dry hops and luscious hints of caramel rounding out the malty backbone. Great hop flavor floats this one over the top. Alcohol, 7.2. Starting gravity, 16.5 Play-Doh. IBU, 65. I&I, Selassie I. Where's D'Lo? Was that the one high. that stayed? The start, is that the one that tasted like butterscotch? No, that was the Sky Cab Gold Pale L. Okay. And that one did have a butterscotch yeah. like aftertaste to it. Just good beers all around. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that butterscotchy aftertaste, but the other ones I've thought have been spectacular. The grapefruit IPA is a winner, winner chicken dinner. Is there dinner. still some in there? Uh, there is. Okay, I want to try that you one should. too. Yeah, they're delicious. all so great. Thank you so much to Jason DeCourcy for the beers. Amazing. For yeah, driving them from Alaska. Quality. I know. To Colorado. That's incredible. By Pack Mule. We have the best listeners. Wait, no one, li- no one listens to the show. Do we have any mailbag That's items? Well, we have so some donors great. that I'd like to talk about first. Let's do. Okay, we've got our monthly donors. Bernard Wolf, who's got an Ask a Hiker question today. Oh, that I'm going right, to read during yeah. our mailbag. Okay. Russ, not Fuss Kinder. Don't worry. 
Craig Pisco Gully. What a guy. Chris Smith. Christmas. Crazy loco. Bobby Walters. Richard Glasgow. Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Joshua Bowden to Job Bowden and Trevor Smokin, if you got it. Bowman and Sean Weedman. I and I. All right, we got them together. together. Maybe they sent in that. Maybe they sent in that audio today. Uh, Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Oh, oh, oh look at that. That, that. Was, a, oh, that was wow. actually a great follow-up. No, it's it's right there. They're yeah. still in line with Weedman. Yeah. And it is a follow-up yeah. to the Cottonmouth. Yeah, exactly. Diane Pinker. Shh. Stein. David Bullapasta Vitti. Big as hey, your head. Dave. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Yeah. Man, he's been getting out. If you, if you follow him on Instagram, he gets out there, man. Jason Lurchnut, Church Dean. Don't go. Just don't. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Samuel Emery. The The board. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hi, Rudy. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Get on the trail. We were singing that today. We were talking about Pat Uh today. Yeah, Yeah, on our trail maintenance. I think Pat's part of the North Texas Trail Tamers. Yeah, we're part of the Twin Lakes Trail Trail Tamers. Trail Tamers, that's right. Steve the Hustler Russell. Gotta get it. Ammon the Brute Bruce. Brute. Renee Shira Patrick. Shira. Come to the power. Yes. Wesley the Haggis Addict Greenwood. <laughs> just give it to me. I need it. I need my haggis. Just give it to we me. We had some haggis sandwiches today with fresh arugula. It was delicious. Sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Kevin Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codette. Debt. Tebow. Tebow, not Tim Williams. <laughs> Tim. Nobody even knows who's that, who who that is these days. But anyway, Tommy yeah, the Meat Popsicle Stevens. True. Sickle. <laughs> Sickle cell anemia. <laughs> Joseph. Oh, <wait. laughs> <laughs> Joseph Pecoraro and Brandon Lost Balls Love Lady and Daniel Fundip Sharps. Oh, God. Where'd they go? Sharps. <laughs> All hanging out together. Uh, Shiro the Switchblady. Lady. Oh. And Brian the Big McNamara. So big. Nice. Mara. Pat- Patty Cake Matascala. Baker's Man. Scala. Phil Gilbert. <laughs> Bert. Kill Bill Cottrell. Kill Bill Cottrell. Orion Bakken Borgea. Is Kill Bill Cottrell any relation to Death March Bob Tromble? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no? I have no idea. Because I feel like if those two were hiking together, it be a rough day. You got to watch out. You got to yeah. watch out for those two. Hannah Dykstra. Stra. Steven swept away, but last TTS, y'all called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Little John. Anthony Peach Pits. <laughs> Anthony Peach Pits. Pits. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have our one-offs. Allie, Hallie, L. Haber. Hallie, big ups. Gave us a, a, all these people gave us big giant donations. ups. Julia Romano. Julia. Hey, you. Julia. Yeah. Paul, I said. <laughs> is in Paul Mags. Paul, Paul Dwyer, who gave the gift in honor of Mike Mathias's name on his retirement from the Air Force. Mike loves hiking and is a big fan. Congrats, oh, congratulations, Mike. Mike. Yeah, way to go. Now you got all the time yeah, to get, get on out a, there and hike. That's get on right. a trail. All right, and John. Melesio. Melesio. Hey. Melesio. Forget about it. I like how everyone becomes Italian. Uh-huh. As soon as they, <laughs> they give us a donation. 
We really appreciate a little something for the family, you know. <laughs> That's right. We really appreciate all of our monthly donors we and do. our one-offs. We're quite and generous. all of our listeners for that. Yeah, matter. and all of our listeners. And just remember, we still haven't had a new monthly donor. So when you become a monthly donor, Special is going to send you trail show magnets that are. It's uh, the, it's the bottle cap. Bottle cap. Bottle magnet. cap. Never yeah, you mind. Can, uh, you can make it into a magnet. Yeah, we have made it into. It's just a trail show a, bottle yeah. cap, but th- those have not been handed out, people. No rare item. I only have two myself, so. Boom. Oh. Make it happen. That's right. And what birthdays. Better than triple O sauce. That's right. Birthdays, obviously. <laughs> uh, happy birthday. Happy 27th birthday to Whitney Allgood LaRufa. Hey, now. Oh, LaRufa. Man. He's getting up there in years. T- 27 years 27. young, huh? Now, That's did you amazing. say... Gummy Bear had a mailbag item that you were going to read. It's a question. Or, or I do. Was this ask a hiker? Was it what? A, uh, I don't know kinda what's It's kind of just happening. like ask the trail show. Okay. If you will. I will. A, f- a question for the forum. It says, dear TTS, as a longtime listener, I'm surprised you haven't had a contest involving the namesake of your various studio complexes. When are you going to have a win a date with the Bobby Walters contest? Mm. I'm certain there are many male hikers that would jump yeah. at the opportunity to pr- participate in such a contest. Sincerely, Bernard Gummy Bear Wolf. We might want to run this by Bobby Walters first. I would think so. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, the thing <laughs> is, is like, uh, Bobby's, Bobby's pretty cool. So I don't know if some of these listeners who might sign up for the contest are worthy. That's well, true. That, but that's always you know? the risk you take. I mean, same that's, thing that's, for okay. that's fair. anyone. Yeah. Bobcat for... Pepper. Pepper, yeah, but, Pepper but Bobby Walters is really cool, though. It's yeah. true. I think we've all <laughs> met Bobby Walters, haven't we? Uh-huh. Have you? No. Oh, you haven't. Triple, okay. you haven't? I haven't. What? I, Man, wait, I come on. We're what? friends on, on Facebook, so I feel like I've met her. No, 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 no. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. You got to break. She whips up some mean baked goods. Yeah, she does. You know, she drove all the way oh up, uh, over to where we were in Ohio. Just so we could hang yep. out and meet. It was pretty great. One we day. Had, one day. We had some beers with her and Roll Tide Garcia in Michigan. Yes. Or I'm sorry, in Ohio a couple summers yep, ago. We did. Last summer. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, well, we'll see about that. We'll we'll check in with the Bobby Walters and see. We'll see what her dance card's looking like these days. Well, you sure. know, you might give her a minute for some dancing. Uh, I think she had uh she kind of injured her ankle a little bit. Right. That was just a euphemism to say, like, to see what she's up to. Just saying. Yeah. Heal up, heal up, Bobby. That's right. Heal up, Bobby. Okay. Uh, P.O.D., did we have any other mailbag items? Yes. Oh, well, I'm going to hit the music again. I didn't realize we got more mailbag. Oh, we had one from our beer donor, from Jason DeCourcy. Hey. Hey. DeCourcy. DeCourcy-o. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's no C-O on, on his last name. Come on. It says Trail Show Family. I so look forward to your shows every month. While my longest trail to date has been the Camino Frances, I feel a bit like a poser, wishing I was on the AT. Someday when kids are grown, I will get there. I guess until then, I'm at the Delo stage of life where I need to work on my yard and be happy with that. You all are this generation's click and clack, the old show from NPR, for those of you who don't know click and clack is. You guys have the same chemistry where you can be on point for a bit, but then the show devolves into mocking each other. Yes. What? Never. I'd say more the latter. (laughs) (laughs) I love it and even enjoy listening to P.O.D. trying her best to keep everyone on track. Oh, he doesn't even (laughs) see the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, yeah. He has no idea. Thank you all for everything and keep on with the tent steak reviews. Mm. 
Jason DeCourcy. He's a tent stake review fan, huh? Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. A lot of people Excellent. enjoy that segment. People do. Yeah. yeah. It's very it's very informational. I agree. I agree. Um did we have a hotline call? Oh no, that was a that's gonna be Ask a Hiker. Should we that's go right. should we go into Ask a Hiker? I feel like yeah, there was like a almost a segue in this letter. To yes. Ask a Hiker. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, there's different music for Ask a Hiker. So Triple O, do you want to okay. play? Should we go? Should we go to that audio? For we're going. We're going to the audio for uh, Ask a Hiker. So here we go. Oh wait, hold on. Hold hey, Charles Show. I have a philosophical kind of question, I suppose. I was wondering, what do you think is the frequency you would have to hike to be able to self-describe as a hiker? Because I've gone on like a couple of hikes, and you know, I don't really think of myself as a hiker. So I was kind of wondering what was maybe the turning point for you all that you're like, yeah, this is it. I am this adjective or noun or whatever. I guess, I don't know. Anyways, um, thank you. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Also, if anyone has not called into the, the trail show hotline and is listening to this, you really should because the voicemail message is honestly one of the greatest things I've heard in a while. So have a great day. Bye. Uh, that last part goes out to everyone, but about seven of you. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We had a lot more calls this month than last month. Yeah. But we also right. hit the social media pretty hard trying to get people to call in. The, you know, the, the hotline is for you folks. Uh, we think it should be fun. Yeah. So, you know, like have some fun with it. You have a few beers and call in and have some fun. It's 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 your phone call. Or like your phone line or whatever. Can I remind people of the phone number, Spesh? Oh, you absolutely should remind them of the phone number. In fact, we should probably remind them of the phone number again and again. Maybe with some sing songs. 720-893-2269. How can you forget that? Come on, call in. (laughs) Leave us a message. So what do you guys think about the actual question, though? When can you call yourself a hiker? If you're into hiking. That's it. That's the line. Totally. When you're into it. Totally. I think I think when you, for I mean if someone's really asking like what our opinion is, which is what I think this I, listener is doing. Like what a, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but we all have opinions. My opinion is when you start seeking out hikes on your own and planning hikes on your own, they don't have to be long hikes. They can just be day hikes even. But when you start doing it on your own because for no other reason you really enjoy it. Not for the Instagram, not for talking about your monthly trips, but just because you really love going out there and it makes you happier than doing something else. Well, I feel personally attacked right now by the... Wow, no, I'm just kidding. P.O.D. <laughs> Why is that wow. attacking you? No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I only go out so I can have something to say during trips. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding about that, but... That, I think that's a good line. That that seems like a good line when you seek it out, when you yeah. when, when you want to go. Yeah. I, I guess for me, the reason I say like if you if you're into it is that's when I started calling myself a hiker. Before I ever even knew about distance hiking, um, I was living on Oahu and they have a lot of amazing trails out there, and I was like out just about every weekend going up some valley or up some ridge and and loving it. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's really where I became a hiker and identified as a hiker. And so, yeah, if you're, but I suppose that experience does sort of actually coincide with what you're saying though, POD, because it was when I, like, I got that hiker's guide to Oahu and like, I started trying to check some of them off and looking at which one I wanted to do the next weekend. So yeah, I guess it was when I like started to seek it out because I just wanted to do it. I think, you know, maybe it's just when you've hiked 73.4 miles. Yeah. That's probably a good (laughs) good number. (laughs) It's a good number. Good fractional number. Seems about right. Yeah. Do we have any other Ask a Hiker questions this month? No, we don't. Come on. That's it? That's it? Deal is not here to make up questions, so it's a short segment. I feel like we're forgetting (laughs) something. We're not. Seriously, there's no. We have Look one sheet, ask man. a hiker. What about Death March Bob Tromley? Nope. Sure, certainly he sent in another. We're saving question. that for next month when Dilo's here. Oh well, there we is another we question. Haven't, we haven't done a, a tent stake review, and didn't we come up with one yesterday? Yes, actually? we did. We did. Yeah. So if you're using the sand snake stakes, well, hold, on, oh. hold, on, hold on. All right, it's time for our tent stake review. But first, let's rock out. Go ahead and drop that oh, yeah. beat. Oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. All right, what do we have for 10 steaks this month? Well, Special and I were, were admiring the uh, salad tongs that Disco and I got with a fancy salad bowl. They look and like I, katana blades. Yeah, I mean, so like to just to describe them real quickly, imagine like long, angular, uh, sharp edges, <laughs> slight twist along the uh-huh. long axis. They're quite beautiful. You know, yeah, they're very like... Uh, modern and sleek. They remind Chrome. me a like, little bit of if you're a Star Wars or a Star Trek: The Next Generation fan, you uh, might know the yeah. bat left, the bat left that the Klingons use to fight. Kind of oh. reminds me of those. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. imagine yourself in an alley, a dark alley. You're confused. You don't know where you are. You turn around. You see a looming shape charging at you. What you would want in your hand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so what that's these things look like. That's these salad tongs. <laughs> so we were talking about the tongs and. Uh, Anyway, we were talking about how if you had snow steaks or sand steaks, you could actually use those as salad tongs. Oh, yeah. alternate oh, use for tent yeah. steaks. <laughs> so I guess or if I'm, you had these salad tongs, you could probably you use that as a tent, tent steak, steak. That's honestly. True. You yeah. just throw it into a tree and it would <laughs> stick, and then you could just tie off on that. And certainly you could murder someone and take their tent steaks with them. That's true. So, so tent steak by proxy, yeah. by yeah. murder by proxy. Murder <laughs> by proxy. By so th- tent stake. That's right. Four tent stakes with a tent stake. <laughs> so is that it for our tent stake review this month? I mean, that's, what, what do you mean is that it? That's a huge tip. Yeah. That's we a, need to put a photo of that thing up so you people can... You get can get rid of all your salad tongs in your house and just use just grab the tent stakes from your camping bin. Just dust them off yeah, a little bit. Set. I'm sure they'll be yep. fine. Yellow. And keep one next to your bed at night for, you know, the odd intruder. You can just, like, <laughs> peg them to the wall with a, with a salad tongue. The odd intruder. <laughs> well, not the normal ones. So Hashtag yeah. tab life. <laughs> Wait, we got one more. One, what? What? one more trail show hotline. Oh, this oh. Is a, Wait, like, just now? No, this is, not, well, not just now, oh. but this is a, a really important message. Let's go to a clip. Especially for someone who's not here right now. Hi, I'm calling the Trail Show Hotline because it's hot. It's like really hot here. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I, I'm too hot. <laughs> and if you're going to play this for Delo's kids, I have a special message for Delo's kids. Hello, Delo's children. I have a fact for you. This is so interesting. I want you to listen very closely. There's monsters under your bed. 
Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can't believe he said that. Oh, my that. God. That's so great. That's, that's like messed up. Monsters. That's wow. messed up. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but you don't tell them that. I'm glad Delo's not here tonight. I think he'd be a little nervous. He might be a little upset. He's totally going to hear that in the gym when he's working out and drop his, <laughs> drop his plates on his feet. On his chest. <laughs> <laughs> wow alright so keep those trail show hotline calls coming in maybe not the ones about monsters under Delo's kids beds but other ones are fine and uh, we're gonna play them most likely maybe no promises yeah TBD oh yeah this is the part of the show where we end the show ladies and gentlemen over thanks, over and out thanks to everyone for tuning in today big thanks goes to dorian for guessing tonight and talking to yeah, us about dorian good luck out there his hike on the king's trail big thanks goes to clay jacobson of the idaho trails association for bringing us up to speed yep. on, on the great work they're doing sign up now still some spots open you can go to idahotrailsassociation.org and become a member or sign up for a trip Big thanks goes to tonight's, or I should say big thanks for tonight's beer, goes to Jason Tecorsi. Uh, he brought us some delicious beers from Matanuska Brewing Company out of Palmer, Alaska. And so, stickers, too, of we yes, should point and out. Yes, a menu. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So delicious. Amazing. We put one of those on our mic stand. You know, yeah. uh, we put a few stickers on here today. We did. Um, in, in fact, I'm just going to do a real quick shout out yeah. to, uh, to, to uh, Mr. Mowry over at uh, Abel Seed House and Brewery. Um, he hosted us and hooked us up with some stickers, and some of those finally made it out of my drawer and on to a trail show mic stand. Awesome. Nice. nice. Thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a trail show bottle opener and some stickers for a $15 more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at trailshow, on Instagram and Facebook at thetrailshow, on the Stitcher app. Apple Podcast app, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. Another trail show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll see you next month in July with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, Special 41, Triple O, and Delo, I'm Disco. Ciao. Bye-bye. Monsters under the bed. <laughs> so scary. So scary. So many Woo-hoo. monsters. Tab life. Hashtag Tab sway, life. It's sway yeah. life. I wonder if it's those hormone monsters. Oh, dirtbag yeah, glacier those goggles those are scary. <laughs> Tab life. All right, guys, let's go make a urine drink. Urine. Oh, triple o sauce. I'm actually just yellow drink. Triple O sauce coming up. Yellow drink. <laughs> oh, God. Oh no. <laughs> yellow drink. Um, God, they must hate us. They should. <laughs> Well, we had a good taste of mosquitoes. But <laughs> to tell you the truth, they had a good taste of you. Right? And I was having a uh, gap khaki moment, if you will. Hell up, Bobby. They're a urine therapy group.